Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball. Here's Brendan McGuire. Wednesday edition of the Sports Cage. We'll hear from the newest member of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, quarterback Trevor Harris, made his debut at Mosaic Stadium earlier today. We'll also hear from BC Lion receiver Justin McKinnis, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver Jeff Fairholm, to talk about the moves in Ryderville. Harash Madani thinks the Ottawa Red Blacks won free agency. We'll go to TSN 1200 Radio in Ottawa and hear from Lee Versage and and Blaine Wyland, our very own CKRM sports reporter, will do a recap of today's media whirlwind day at Mosaic Stadium. You can join in on the conversation on our Twitter feed at SportsCage, or you can chime in through the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line 306-936-6262, or you can call us toll-free at 1-866-767-0620. And this is Rider Radio 620 CKRM. You know, Zinger, a little bit earlier, I was trying to lay low. You know, we get back to the studio after being over at Mosaic Stadium, doing our interviews, etc. And I think we're going to go hide in Andrew Dawson's office, or his mm-hmm. cubicle, the news director. Yeah. I mean, what did you do in there, Brendan McGuire? I sit across from where he normally sits, and I put my coffee down and my laptop. Then I open up my laptop, and I spill coffee everywhere, all over the carpet, where he sits. We have you co-host for a couple of weeks, and you come into our facility, and you spill coffee all over the place. Is that all what your plan is? breaks loose. Come on. I'm just joking, man. It didn't work out. Half kidding, I guess. Don't do it again. So, Ballsy, somewhere warm. Uh, our next guest loves to play golf. Uh, part of Rider Radio 620 CKRM pre- and post-game show. The Professor, Don Hewitt, joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Don, have you had a chance to go someplace warm and play golf this winter? A little bit before uh, Christmas, but not golf. Uh, I just walk around and enjoy the weather, Brendan. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, he's a, Baldy's a high roller. Not all of us are high rollers. We're not the big dogs. He can go to tropical islands for months on end. And the rest of us stay here and shovel snow. Yeah, we don't just get to disappear right before free agency and go to the Bahamas. And t- he was missed around there today. Trevor Harris was asking about him. He said, oh, he's an sure. awesome dude. So oh, yeah. even out-of-towners no, no, notice uh, when Ballsy's away. Yes. No, no, Ballsy's the best. And we hope he has a good holiday. He certainly deserves it with uh, how hard he works. But, you know, a, a great day um, for Saskatchewan in terms of listening to Trevor Harris speak uh, earlier today. Uh, I think, well, you know, what, what Jeremy O'Day was able to do, I mean, I think he had hits and misses, as you always do in free agency. I can list off a few Canadian offensive linemen that I thought uh, and was hoping that would sign in Saskatchewan, but that they just didn't work out. But one uh, A-plus mark, I think, that the Rough Riders get 
over the last, uh, you know, 48 hours is that they brought in a lot of character into the dressing room. And I think that was huge. I mean, uh, you let's just start a quarterback. I think Trevor Harris, you know, from what I've heard from people uh, that know him and have known him over the years, they've said a couple of things. They've said he's become a better quarterback, and he certainly talked about how his workout uh, routine uh, has improved. In fact, I think even Coach Craig Dickinson mentioned that, yeah, he's really, you know, he's looking after his body better, he's working out better, and he's becoming, and you can actually become stronger even if you get older to a certain degree if you improve workout habits. But also, not only is he getting a bit better as a player, but he's, he's actually gotten better as a person is what I've heard about him. And, you know, he talks so much about team uh, earlier today, team, team concept. He's calling everybody, even helping the Rough Riders with some recruiting. And and I think this is a huge addition uh, for character. Do I think that they maybe overpaid Trevor Harris a little bit? Maybe, yeah. I would say they probably maybe could have gotten a little cheaper, all things considered, but they brought... Uh, character into the dressing room and, and you know all the best to Cody Fajardo I guess I'm sort of on a roll here but all the best to Cody Fajardo but you know what I heard a lot last year from Cody Fajardo was talking about himself mm. very honest mm-hmm. and you know uh, you're not going to hear any of that from Trevor Harris and then he brings in his buddy Jake Wenicky who's also you know a great character player Micah Johnson comes into the dressing room you know he's a leader there's no doubt about it, not only what he can and will do on the football field, and i got to be honest, I was surprised how well he played in Hamilton last year. I wasn't expecting him to have an all-star, Eastern all-star season like he did, but he also brings in a lot of character. So I think the best thing that I saw over the last two days is the character that they brought into the dressing room, which I think was, was huge. A big remake for sure. Our pal Don Hewitt joins us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dine in, take out, or delivery. Get it hot, get it fast from Western Pizza. Hey, Mr. Professor, speaking of character and leadership, one guy that looks like he's not going to be back in the Riders dressing room next year due to the signing of Peter Godber yesterday. Peter Godber, obviously a great free agent signing for the Rough Riders, but it looks like Dan Clark will not be back in the green and white. Do you think the Riders have enough of that leadership and grit in the locker room to fill those shoes? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, on Twitter earlier today, Orlando Steinhauer quotes from uh, himself speaking to the Hamilton media about uh, how free agency went for the Ticats, which I would suggest went very well. I don't know where... Hamilton got all the money or where the Toronto got all the money or where Ottawa got all the money, but they seem to have a bottomless pit of money, those three teams. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a power transfer with East-West. I think East is going to be closer to West now, which is good for the league. But what Steinhauer did say, he said, the worst part of this business is saying goodbye to great people uh, because he felt, you know, the Tiger Cats had said goodbye to some great people, uh, uh, you know, in the last uh, week or two. And, and certainly that that is uh, totally correct when it comes to Dan Clark. Uh, if you think it didn't bother Jeremy O'Day, uh, you're crazy. Of course, it, it bothered Jeremy O'Day and on a personal level, but he had to make he has to make strong and tough football decisions. And if he can't make those decisions, you know, while you anybody couldn't make those decisions, you wouldn't be a general manager much longer because they have to be made. 
but they're still very difficult to be made. I mean, I'll have to track down my pal John Lip, who's the chairman of the selection committee in the Plaza of Honor, and see if uh, John can you fast track uh, Dan Clark in the Plaza of Honor. I go as far as to say that it'd be nice if somehow, some way, that he could remain involved uh, with the organization. Uh, I mean, I can't see. Now, Dan Clark being a bad offensive line coach, of course, that position was filled out for Saskatchewan. But uh, I, I mean, all Rough Rider fans love the man. Uh, he he reminds me of Roger Aldag, just tougher than nails, the pride, fighting for every inch on behalf of the the, the team and the province and the fans of this team. You know, you, you there's no there's not a, too many superlatives you can use to describe Dan Clark. I mean, it would go on and on. So it's sad. It's sad, but, you know, they, they brought in Godber. They, they had to do it. They brought in Blake. They had to do it. And uh, I was, in fact, thinking they would sign a third, uh, you know, blue-chip Canadian offensive lineman. Uh, you know, but they just couldn't get it done. Different things, you know, it didn't happen. I know I get rambling here, but... You know, they didn't get Sirocco, Franklin, Desjardins got 250 in Ottawa, which is crazy. Couture wanted to go home. You know, that's the best Saskatchewan could do at this point, but it's tough to say bye to Dan Clark. But it's time for players like Fry, Bandy, Elatory, Montoya to come in stronger this year. Uh, there are players, you know, that were drafted by Saskatchewan. They're develop- developing them as we speak. And Jeremy O'Day spoke this morning about... Well, you can't forget about these guys. You're developing them for a reason. And we're hoping that all three of those individuals comes in stronger uh, in the training camp this this May. Jeremy Jeremy O'Day mentioned that he thinks that Dan Clark is the last guy on the roster who he played with. So it was even a little bit emotional for him. But uh, I guess everybody's number comes up eventually. And... uh, Today, it just felt like it was Dan Clark's turn. Um, when we talk about our visits, uh, last summer, I recall having a nice visit with uh, Marshall Hamilton and the Professor Don Hewitt, and we talked about the body size of the offensive linemen that yep. they had. And this was yep. early in the year when I don't think everybody had really clued in that they had a problem along the offensive line, but somehow Don Hewitt figured it out before just about anybody else or was, was one of the first people talking about it. So I look at the additions that they've made, um, just check and um, embarrassed to admit I'm checking on Wikipedia, so for whatever that's worth. Uh, Paul Peter Godber's weight, um, 300 pounds on the button. Philip Blake, 311 pounds. What do you think, Mr. Hewitt? Have the, do these additions have those Cuban cigar-type fingers? Uh, ha, ha, have the Rough Riders um, added the beef that they needed to add that maybe they didn't have going into last season? Well, so much of the strength uh, for offensive linemen is is basically in the ass. Can I say that on the radio? <laughs> you just did. You uh, can. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's you know it, it's re- really a toughness and technique uh, drive and, and you know big legs push off and I think they were lacking that last year. They were just lacking in overall physicality. They weren't physical enough and. We all missed Philip Blake the minute he left after the 2019 season. How many guys, by the way, in the CFL can play center, either guard, or either tackle? I mean, he is 37. He's actually older than Dan Clark, but he's just, you know, playing so strongly. And, I mean, 
I think Jeremy O'Day just couldn't couldn't resist getting a big a bigger body that can play all of those positions of the old line because it's so rare. We got to remember too, though, that Saskatchewan right now have have signed for training camp three huge American offensive tackles. The last one out of I think it was North uh, North Carolina who was six six three twenty. That was just the other day, and I, I you know one of these guys has to work out one of these days. The Rough Riders have, quite frankly. You know, you could argue have failed in recruiting a blue chip offensive tackle, but I think they've worked very hard this year. I, I, I know that you know the, the three scouts, if you can call them the three scouts for Saskatchewan, have been uh, burning the midnight oil in recruiting and in, in a tough situation with the XFL and the USFL. But they brought in three big offensive tackles. If one of them can play. As a starter, out of those three, it'll be huge for Saskatchewan, and it, and it might happen because, I, you know, from what I understand, they've never worked harder in their lives in recruiting. And recruiting is going to be huge because, you know, even Craig Dickinson said you tend to overpay in free agency day. You see Winnipeg and Calgary barely doing anything, blue chip franchises, for, and they, they're doing nothing for a reason. Uh, but recruiting is going to be huge this year. Uh, the Rough Riders have to bring in some cheaper, really good football players that they recruit, give them a chance, show, show some patience and play them. I think that's going to be a huge key as well as staying healthy. Is this the year Saskatchewan can finally get a break and stay healthy? That's the thing. And I think, you know, t- yesterday was not the only important day of the year. I think their injury luck and their recruiting are going to be just as big. Yeah, that's a great point. Last off season, I think on free agent day, we thought the Ottawa Red Blacks won the free agent derby and um, didn't turn out so well for them. Hey, listen, this has been awesome. We never have enough time and I can't wait to do it again soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. You bet, Brendan. Uh, you guys have a good rest of the show. I'll be listening. That is the professor, Don Hewitt. Thanks, Don. CTV sports legend. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more. Coming up a little bit later, we'll hear from new BC Lions receiver Justin McInnes and old, I don't want to say old, former Rough Riders receiver Jeff Fairholm. You're listening to Rider Radio 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Still ahead on this Wednesday edition of the Sports Cage, one-on-one with Trevor Harris from earlier today at Mosaic Stadium. And we'll hear from Jeff Fairholm and Blaine Wylands, him sports reporter, uh, recaps a whirlwind media day that it was down at Mosaic Stadium. I see you had a call. Somebody wanted to know when Zinger at Night was firing up. Yeah. Got a call saying, hey, do you request some songs right now? Or can I request some songs right now? And I was like, hey, Sports Cage is on the air until 6 o'clock tonight, but... uh I'd be more than glad to take your song requests after. Do you want to just listen to the Sports Cage for a bit? Say, like, okay, thank you. Bye. Say, all right. So we know where uh, that person's mind's at. To be fair, that person likes to call in a lot to request songs, so we appreciate them. But it's, it's time to talk football right now, man. I know. it's We're always interrupting the country music on yeah. this station, on the Sports Cage. Um, the professor who we had on in the last segment, uh, he always bring something up that I've never thought about, but then it makes you go, you know, he's right. In hmm. early last season, there really wasn't a lot of criticism about the offensive line, and we had him on in the huddle 
one day, and he talked about his concerns about the offensive line. And I feel like this was right after the home loss to the Argos when they had to um, rework the schedule because of COVID. And, and I, yeah. I want to say the Sunday game, they the Sunday night the Sunday, game when yeah. they had great ratings, and now all of a sudden they're doing Sunday nights all summer next next year or this season. But um, so he points this out, and then it was so foreshadowing or such a foreshadowing. I think I said that properly. Mm about the way the rest of the season went. But he made one comment in there that I thought was really something that rings true. We heard Cody Fajardo talk a lot last year. We heard him talk a lot about himself. Yes. And 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 some of it, you know, I've, I've often blamed it on us in the media, me included, right? Like calling him Saskatchewan's resident rock star, um, you know, uh, getting him to do media appearances. Um, you know, he's everywhere. And and we embrace that. We we're so excited. But it's almost like because he let his circle get so big and didn't keep it close and tight like other people have, like Kent Austin has, um, Darian Durant did, I think, although he went a little bit nuts from it. I just feel like it, it swallowed him up. But he has to own some of that. Right, he, yo, he can't. Absolutely. He can't just point the finger at the. Uh, uh, I've heard him talk a lot about online trolls and this. It's like, well, in in post game Zoom conferences, I think it was after the Labor Day game, he was going on and on about what people on Twitter were saying about him and his family, and he must have gone. I think he rambled on for like three, four minutes. Mm-hmm. So you'll find out the new quarterback here doesn't do that. No, and we we address that in our one on one. I almost think that. At the age that he's at, Trevor Harris is 36 years old. He'll be 37 this season. He's maybe at the perfect age to be the quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say Cody's not grown up, but somebody who's, you know, been around and maybe won't get sucked in quite so easily. Well, I don't know. Well, let's let's be honest. The thing that bothered me the most about Cody Fajardo, now I don't want to seem like, you know, a football bully here with some bully breath coming out of my mouth, but I'm just... You're my, sounding like a bully singer. In, in my opinion, I'm just stating the facts. I mean, when was when was the when did he ever show accountability of him just coming forward and being like, "Yeah, I have to play better football." Like, I don't think those words ever came out of his mouth. I never once heard him say, "My pocket presence yeah. and my scrambling around and my lack of mobility back there." Or, yeah. Is is part of the problem. I never once heard him say that. Or which and, game was it when he threw absolutely threw his receivers under the bus for not coming down with the quote unquote fifty fifty ball? That wasn't last year. That was the year before what, in Calgary. It, it's yeah. all meshing together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's been carrying on for a couple years now. So yeah. it's he, like he it, apologized after that, but yeah. but it, it, it was always kind of just me, 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 me. You know, yeah. and. Uh, I, I th- that was my opinion during the time when it was happening, and I'm more than happy to share my opinion now because, like you said, our new quarterback, polar opposites, man. Like you're not going to see Trevor Harris sit down and 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 do that kind of thing. So I'm glad that we could finally turn the page. I don't know how much longer we're going to have to have to talk about Cody Fajardo and his personality. Like he's in Montreal now, but it's one thing that. You're right. We should address because Don Hewitt did bring up a good point there about about Cody Fajardo. So yeah, we address it one more time. But hopefully, we can close the book on this uh, Cody Fajardo era for the time being, at least. Maybe you know we can reminisce years from now. But come on, I mean, enough's enough, in my opinion. I al- I almost thought that you had a career backup who had never really had a taste of fame. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he came from a pretty big school at Nevada, or, or one that has a pretty good following, and it, it's almost like he became this rags-to-riches story overnight, 
and he just couldn't handle all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He caught some lightning in the bottle in 2019, man. And I, I've always said this, you know, I'm not, I'm not an old football fan. I was born in 1992. Okay, I haven't watched. Um, you know, there's people listening that have been alive a lot longer than I have, but like any quarterback can string together you know, one great season. You know, it's the quarterbacks that can put together one, two, three, four, that can just be consistent. Those are the quarterbacks that you want to commit to long-term. I mean, Cody Fajardo, he had one really good season in the Canadian Football League, and the reason for that was there was a lot of pieces in place around him that made him good. His offensive line was good. He had great receivers, you know. Great defense. Great defense. So, like... uh he also had a different offensive coordinator compared, you know. Who we ran out of town. But he seemed yeah. really happy to replace. So my point being is any quarterback can have one good season. You know what I mean? So um, I I don't blame Jeremy O'Day and I don't blame the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for kind of like hopping on that and giving Fajardo a shot. Because, I mean, what else were, were the Riders going to do at that time? We needed a quarterback. Hopefully they were kind of piggyback off his success he had 2019 but you know it just goes to show you it's one year and that's why I think Trevor Harris is a great signing because this guy's been throwing for a lot of yards for a long time now he took the Red Blacks to a Grey Cup he was on the Argonauts I believe when uh, they won the Grey Cup back in what was it 2012 2012 yeah behind Ricky Ray so, and Zach Caleros yeah he yep. has a lot of experience man he's been that's what you need at the quarterback position consistency yeah and uh, to Cody Fajardo if uh, he becomes a one hit wonder or if he manages to bounce back in Montreal I like his chances better there where it's a little more linear Mm -hmm. the rest of the script to be written is up to him if he's able to bounce back or not okay let us never speak of Cody Fajardo yes. ever again. <laughs> uh, all the best to him in Montreal, man, but let's move forward. Trevor Harris time. A little bit later, we'll hear from Trevor Harris one-on-one from earlier today down at Mosaic Stadium and also uh, Jeff Fairholm uh, of the Rough Rider Radio Network broadcast crew. Of course, you can chime in on the Twitter discussion at SportsCage is the handle or in town, uh, you can call or I should say on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line. You can text us at 306-936-6262 or call us toll-free 1-866-767-0620. After the break, we'll hear from new BC Lion receiver Justin McInnes. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. All right, your sports ticker at 333s for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Former Rough Riders linebacker Darnell Sankey is signing with the XFL's Arlington Renegades. The 28-year-old earned $113,000 this past season and reportedly turned down $160,000 from the Riders, instead choosing to head down south to play in the XFL. Busy day for the Hamilton Tiger Cats on this Wednesday. The football club has signed national defense alignment Kwaku Botang. Botang spent last season with the Ottawa Red Blacks but missed the season due to injury. And Hamilton didn't stop there. Former Stampeder linebacker Jameer Thurman has signed in the hammer. And offense alignment Joel Figueroa will also be uh, donning the black and gold in 2023. Defense alignment Jagera Davis will be returning to Hamilton. Former Lions running back James Butler will 
will be headed east to Hammertown as well. The Tabbies have also re-signed wide receiver Tim White. And Alouette's quarterback, Cody Fajardo, hey, it's been a couple minutes and we're talking about him. He has a new receiver to throw to. Uh, Montreal has signed wide receiver Greg Ellingson on this Wednesday. Saskatchewan Rush Report with Rush head coach Jimmy Quinlan. So I'm guessing a bit of a frustrating game this past Friday in Calgary, a 13-6 loss. Take us through the game, Jimmy. Well, we had a really good first half. We were tied 3-3 at the half. And then uh, going into the going into the break, I thought we were in a real good spot, kind of a, a, a stretch there of four goals in four minutes where we had some glaring mistakes. And uh, then we were kind of chasing the rest of the game. And so um, all in all, it wasn't our best. I thought we were, we were good in a number of facets. But our, our execution shooting the ball on, on a world-class goalie wasn't uh, wasn't very good. And then our, our power play was fairly abysmal. So, you know, all in all, um, I guess the positive would be that those are two things that we can do a little bit better job controlling here as we move forward. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was all in all a tough night. But, I mean, credit to our guys. They, they competed. I thought we had a really good chance to get back in the game to start the fourth quarter. We were down three and then, again, had another breakdown. So, really, um, just too many glaring mistakes at key points in the game. Uh, kind of put us behind uh, where we couldn't come back. Next up for the Saskatchewan Rush is a trip down to sunny San Diego this weekend. Very excited to get back at it. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the mood in the room was a, was a somber one. We were all quite disappointed, so to be able to get back uh, acting in sunny California will be really excited. So uh, we'll get a good practice in on Thursday night and uh, get to work on Friday. So we haven't had too much uh, success as of late down there, so we're kind of trying to turn the tides. And uh, again, it's a real good test for us because both San Diego and Calgary and ourselves felt like we'd be fighting for those uh, home playoff games. So, um, again, we've got our hands full. But, uh, again, we feel like if we can execute, we, uh, we should be able to come out of there with a win. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Still ahead on this Wednesday edition of the Sports Cage, we'll go one-on-one with the new quarterback of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Trevor Harris. Read him some texts and questions through Twitter as well. We'll also hear from Rider Radio Analyst Jeff Fairholm and go to Ottawa to figure out the lay of the land with the Red Blacks and their free agent doings as well. But before we do that, we go out to the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to the newest receiver of the BC Lions, formerly of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, 20, I had to do the math on this 26-year-old receiver, Justin McKinnis. Justin, congratulations. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the Sports Cage. Thanks for having me. Last time I think I saw a media appearance with you, um, we were hearing stories about how you were looking after your young child and dropping them off at daycare and then going to rider practice and then coming back. How old is the little one now? Uh, she's going to be four in June, so she's three at the moment. Pretty, pretty good memories, I'll bet, uh, but I, I, I bet you hope you don't have to run into that situation again where you've got to focus on football and the child. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. That was definitely very tough. Why BC? Sorry? Why the BC Lions? What made you choose BC? Um, well, coming into free agency, you know, I just wanted to hear my options. And um, after getting on the phone with them, I mean, from the top down the first day that people that the other teams were able to contact us you know they were the first ones to call me and um they just had players reaching out to me and uh they just seemed really interested in me and they they made it seem like they really wanted me over there and that was very 
comforting comforting feeling for myself knowing how badly they wanted me over there. Was it a financial decision or did that really not play a part in it? No, that wasn't the that wasn't the factor. Um I, I initially wanted to go out east, um, be close be closer to family, but again, um for the same reason that I chose Arkansas State over other schools, they they just really showed interest in me and were checking on me every day and uh you know, and that that, that meant something to me for sure. Uh, for a moment, at least in the summertime, um, you were Ryder fans sunshine on an otherwise cloudy day when you caught your first professional touchdown from Mason Fine, who came in before the end of the first half against the BC Lions. Why did last season that started out with so much promise spiral out of control the way it did? Have you been able to conceptualize in your mind what happened? Not. <laughs> Um, I'm probably still in the same boat as everyone else trying to figure out what exactly happened. Um, you know, but again, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong. You know, with injuries, uh, we were plagued with injuries from sick games to COVID games to the flu games and all sorts of things played a factor in it. But, um, you know, that's, that's, that's football though. I mean, you know, everybody, nobody wants to lose, but it, it, it unfortunately it happens. Um, but you know, the thing that was special about the team last year is no matter what, every every week, everyone was coming in ready to work and and keep fighting, no matter what. Yeah, you didn't hear anybody really throwing anybody else under the bus. Um, we, we couldn't notice it, certainly not directly. Uh, we are joined on the Western Pizza Hotline by former Rough Rider receiver Justin McKinnis. Dine in, take out, or delivery. Get it hot, get it fast from Western Pizza. Did the Rough Riders uh, show any interest in bringing you back, Justin, or was uh, it always kind of in your mind that you were going to be playing elsewhere in 2023? Um, they called me. Um um, again, though, I, I, I was ready for a, for a change. Um, I mean, I wasn't closing the door. I was still open to it. But, again, just after hearing from BC and, you know, he, just hearing the tone of their voice compared to the other teams, it, it, it was pretty clear on set on who, who wanted me the most. At least that's what it felt like to me. What do you think you're going to miss most when you think uh, back to the start of your professional football career when you when you think of your time here in Regina? Man, I'm going to miss a lot of the guys. Um, you know, you spend a lot of the time in the room with them. Um, you know, you get to build relationships with these guys that, you know, you still reach out to even when football is done and for years down the road. And, you know, I made a, a couple good relationships while I was there that I'm you know, sure, we'll hold on to for the rest of my life. And, you know, even probably the stadium, you know, everyone knows how special it is to come out of Mosaic when it's game time and, you know, hear all the little lights and, you know, the blackout games. And, yeah, those are probably the most memorable things that I'm going to take from there and things that, you know, will last me much longer than my football career. Justin, early on in Vernon Adams Jr.'s career, um, he moved around a lot. And uh, it seemed like Chris Jones really, really liked him. Nobody could really understand what the fascination was. I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of us watching, he, he never had great passing numbers until he went to Montreal. And we learned pretty quickly what the fascination was and uh, saw that there's a lot of upside. He's a pretty good quarterback, isn't he? Like, you don't have Nathan Rourke, but he's a pretty good plan B, isn't he? No, he, he is, and he's plan A. You know, he's, He's the quarterback, you know, and I've been talking to him and we've been talking, you know, building a relationship already, which, you know, was 
special for me because, you know, it was, it was nice of him to reach out to me, you know, and help me out. I, you know, he was there for me if I needed any questions. But like you said, I, I know he can throw the ball, and, you know, I know he's going to – I know his intentions for this upcoming season. So, you know, I'm really excited to get to work with him and, you know, build a relationship with him and, you know, get get it going. Have you paid any attention to the moves that the Rough Riders have made? What do you think about uh, the additions that Saskatchewan has done on this remake? I have, um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not. It seems like right now all I'm seeing really is that receiver room is kind of all the Americans are gone. You know, a lot of my friends. Um, but yeah, you, you you never know. It's all about putting the right pieces together. Um, you know, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. So, you know, it's going to take some time. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Wish them the best of luck. Did your decision to sign with the BC Lions have anything to do with, you know, the great path that they're on right now with the new owner, Amar Dolman? You know, last year was a big year for the BC Lions. I mean, the first time in a long time they had over 30,000 fans in BC place. Did that factor into your decision that you're going to a place that's kind of, quote unquote, on the up and up, if you will? Um. To be honest, I, I'm not really sure. Like, my whole decision was kind of based off of just really, like I said, where I felt I fit, you know, a good offensive system where they felt like they wanted me and, you know, somewhere that was, you know, suitable for my family. You know, if my wife needs to drive across the border to the States, 45 minutes, like, you know, my family and that was kind of my number one thought in this. Um, but also, you know, I, I really like. I watched a lot of their offense last year, and, you know, I was excited about playing for that for sure. You know, I feel like they do a really good job offensively, and and they're a really strong team. And, you know, that's just a plus. Is 2023 the year for Justin McInnes to take his place as full-time starting Canadian receiver in the CFL? It is. It is. And, and, and I know it is. And I feel like the league will know after this year, too, that I'm definitely coming with something to prove this year because I know the best football is still in me. What kind of lessons do you learn from a year that you just went through? And, and you know, I don't want to beat that dead horse too much more, so this is the last time I'll, I'll talk on it. But they say that um, losing builds character, and I've heard some coaches who have a bad record say, well, I should have more character than anybody else. But I feel like um, if that's true... You would have built a lot of character, everybody on that roster, over um, the lows that were incredibly low going 2-9 and nine at the end of the season. Do you feel like you learned something from that, maybe not taking winning for granted or something else that came out of that, a life lesson? I mean, I guess. Yeah, you can say that because especially like when you start the season off that strong, you know, to, like you said, end 2-9, and nine, you know, that's a lot of losses. And, you know, how many did we lose in a row there at the end? Like, can't exactly remember, but yeah, like you said, that's a, that's a bad feeling, you know, and you definitely don't want to experience that ever. Um, so yeah, for sure, like you know, you know, the work you got to put in, and you know, maybe you just weren't doing enough, um, or find ways to improve or change or how to correct it. You know, you got to learn and try different things. And um, I feel like for myself, though, it's just the thing like just keep working. Just, just keep working because like you said you know you keep working through it and you know even if the team isn't getting as much as accomplishment you know maybe you can learn something about yourself or get a personal accomplishment achieved and um, you know so I got my first touchdown so like there's still positive to take away from the season you know you can't just look at the losses that happened there at the second half
I couldn't remember how many it was in a row, seven in a row to end the season. But we <laughs> the best part of 2022, thank God it's over. Go ahead, Zinger. Yeah, Justin, first-round pick, sixth overall back in the 2019 CFL draft. Uh, in your mind, why do you think, you know, I don't want to say how it didn't work out in Ryderville, but usually, you know, the expectation for a first-round pick is to have uh, big-time numbers at the wide receiver position. Why do you think that didn't happen for you? Was it because you didn't uh, get enough opportunity? Was it something else? Why do you think uh, you're not still in the green and white? I think, um, again, it was just injuries for me. I remember even when I got drafted the year, I, I came in with a, with a blown-out hamstring um, that happened in my NFL rookie camp. And, you know, it's kind yeah. of just for the, my first two years, you know, that, that was kind of my thing. I would get injured early on in the season. And, you know, the CFL doesn't have a huge roster. So there's nothing much more I can do if I get hurt early on. By the time I'm healed back up from a big injury like I had, you know, that takes you out for a month or five five weeks or something like that. You know, it's kind of tough to get back into the swings of things when you're in mid season. Um, but again, you know, they still they still did their best in trying to get me on the field and giving me opportunities and plugging me into different spots. So again, you know, like I'm super grateful for that because you know, obviously, they gave me enough opportunity for me to get a chance to still be playing. And, you know, that's something that you can also never take for granted. Well, um, you got to take part in some of the best memories that we've had around here in Saskatchewan. We used to not get a lot of home playoff games, and um, you got to take part in uh, some pretty big moments at Mosaic Stadium and uh, very classy of you to come on and chat with us uh, after leaving the green and white. Best of luck in BC, and uh, we hope that you tear it up in 2023 and get a bunch of yards and uh, really get to the next level. Thanks for this, and good luck. No, for sure. Thank you. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to all the Ryder fans and everybody out there that supported me these past few years. And uh, it really meant a lot to my myself and my family. They will miss you for sure. Definitely. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate you, man. Take care. Justin McInnes, now of the BC Lions. And uh, I don't think there was ever any doubt about the talent that he had. But, um, yeah, injuries, that happens. Mm-hmm. We saw that this year with the receiving core. Like, uh, they got crushed. Yep. With the, with the and I kind of knew that was going to be the answer to the question because, yes, I knew he was injured a lot of the times, but, you know, I just kind of wanted to see, like, even when, when he was healthy, do you think that he got the right opportunities to be out there to be making plays? Was he in the right spot or was he on the wide side of the field too much? Was he here? Was he there? But, uh, man, it was great to hear Justin come on the airwaves just to – I don't. I don't want to say bid Rider Nation farewell. We're going to see him back here in a visiting uniform, lots at Mosaic Stadium. But uh, always good to catch up with uh, old player one more time, huh? Yeah, and you you wonder if maybe his surroundings had been a little more friendly in 2022. Maybe if he would yep. have been able to hang around Riderville for a little bit longer. Coming up on the Sports Cage, we'll hear from the new quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Trevor Harris. He will answer some of your questions, and also we'll talk to Rider Radio analyst Jeff Fairholm. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Brennan McGuire and Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball, who's enjoying a well-deserved couple of weeks vacation in the Bahamas. And coming up in the next hour, we will hear from the new quarterback of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Trevor Harris, one-on-one interview that we did earlier today down at Mosaic Stadium. And we'll also be joined by Jeff Fairholm 
Ryder Radio Analyst, 1989 Grey Cup Champion. Did some time with the Argos, too. Won a Grey Cup in Toronto with the Dawn. And uh, Doug Flutie was a roommate of Doug Flutie for a short time. Well, are we talking uh, what year was that? 1996. 96. 96. In the Snow Bowl. Yeah. Against Edmonton. Down in Hamilton. Brown. That was the first great cup I watched. Brendan McGuire, I'm a youngin', but that was a good game, man. Did you know that they couldn't fill the stadium? So Tim Hortons bought up the last, I think, 4,000 tickets, and they were pumping them out for 25 bucks a piece that morning, and people showed up, and they witnessed a classic. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever wonder, like, that game was such a good game, it was played in the snow. Some of the best offensive games have been played in the snow, and I heard Tom Brady talk about this. He said... I never really face much of a pass rush when we're playing in the snow, and I never thought of it that way. Do you think in some ways when there's no traction, it can actually create more offense? And you should know. You've been a quarterback. Absolutely it does. Although the one snow game that I played in, I played absolutely horrible. I threw three interceptions, Brennan McGuire, against uh, Belfer. But, uh, that wasn't because of the snow. That, that wasn't was just because, uh, just because I couldn't feel my hands, man. Yeah, another day at the yard is right. But no, definitely not only for footing for the defenders and stuff, but also, uh, you know, the receivers, they're always a, a bit a step ahead of the defensive backs when they're running their routes and stuff. When I always think of the snow games, though, I think of Doug Flutie's uh, bright orange uh, workman gloves that he wore. Glass cutter gloves. Gla- there, I feel like Jeff Fairholm, well, we, we should ask Jeff, Jeff about that. He and Ray Elgard, I feel like, were the first yeah. to wear those. And now everybody has them. They're yeah. in the team colors. and they're. But that's what they were, glass cutter gloves. Yeah, that's what he wore in the 96 Grey Cup. And I have one of those uh, Doug Flutie bobbleheads. It was a stadium giveaway at BMO Field a couple of years ago, the Doug Flutie bobblehead giveaway. I bought it on eBay. The reunion night. Yeah, the reunion night. So, man, that was a, that was a classic Grey Cup. We have to ask, don't forget that, we have to ask Mr. Jeff Fairholm about the glass cutter gloves. Don Narcisse wore them too. Yep, I was just going to say that. Uh, you can chime in uh, the Twitter feed at Sports Cage. Uh, also, the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line, 306 936 6262. And you can call us toll free at 1 767 0620. Yeah, we got Bob on the text line. Bob says this is referring to, uh, referring to rather, Cody Fajardo. We used to worship the ground he walked on. Now it's. Bye-bye with a waving emoji. So this comment is obviously piggybacking off our segment when we were <laughs> kind of, I don't know, blasting Cody Fajardo one last time? Not at all. We Not weren't at all. blasting him at all. We were just being honest individuals. Fa- facts are facts. Fact checkers. Keep the text coming. 306-936-6262. Wayne's on the text line. Wayne is asking you, Mr. Brennan McGuire, as we're getting a phone call here, but Wayne is wondering, uh, do you think the Rough Riders are going to make any more moves along the offensive line? Other than bringing in rookies, I don't think so. I don't think you'll see them add anybody else via free agency. Um, I really think they're going to have to see how much their youth movement can carry them. I think that Philip Blake coming in is the wild card here because... Ironically, their offensive line could be better with one American instead of two. I used to believe that you could just plug that hole on the two tackles and they actually made room on the import, non-import um, uh, ratio, uh, but that didn't work. And so they need a Canadian to play tackle, and I think they're going to bank on Philip Blake to do that. Yeah, so, so I don't know if I answered your question, but no more, no more veteran free agents coming to Regina. So probably as it sits right now, it's Blake at left 
tackle. It's Furland at left guard. It's Godbre at center. Evan Johnson at right guard, and then Richardson more than likely at right tackle unless they bring in. What about Gerald Hawkins? Yeah, that's another one too. Just uh, any one of those Americans. Yeah, and yeah. They, they still Tuck, could have uh, to Tucker's use. Tucker's another yeah. one. Uh, there's another guy that comes to uh, mind. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. But well, the, the the X factor for me is that, but also what Coach Dickinson said last night at receiver because we lost a lot of receivers, right? Justin McKinnis talked about that. Yeah. And uh, Duke Williams gone. Justin McKinnis gone. Um, somebody else that I'm just missing. Uh, gone. Shaq Evans. Shaq Evans. Kyron Moore. Gone, gone. And so Tevin Jones, you know, a relative unknown. And some of the other guys that they have around are going to have to become known. We'll just have to see what they are. And, and you're going to have to put... You you got to believe that they want more production out of Sam Emblis too. I mean, first round pick, right. like this is going to be his second year into things. You don't want another. I don't want to call Justin McKinnis a first round bust because that's just that's just not kind. Um, you know, I've already said uh, it, did, it, it didn't go Dakota? to his expectations. Yeah, but like, and he'd be the first to tell you. You got to hit on yeah. one of these first round picks eventually yeah. at the receiver position. So like, as it sits right now, I don't even know if Emblis would be in the starting lineup. Maybe maybe. Maybe at one of the slot positions, but you, I think that uh, possibly Mario Alford could be one of the slot backs come opening night. But I think maybe they want him more at uh, just returning kicks or punting well, punt returns this year. Well, you'll remember Devin Hester in yeah. the NFL, and I remember early in his career he was racking up all those kick return touchdowns, and because the Bears had no offensive weapons, they wanted him to do both, mm-hmm. and he was a pretty good receiver. But he wasn't, he didn't have this, you know, he was, an, he was a good, he went from being an amazing returner to just a good returner pretty well overnight. And uh, same with Gizmo Williams. I mean, he was at his best when he could just focus on returning. And we've heard Kelly Jeffrey re- allude to that too. He says he's like a Ferrari. You don't want to bring him out too much. So I, I think their preference is just to keep him there. But you never know. They might have to bring him out. Coming up in hour two, we will hear from the new quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Trevor Harris, and also CKRM sports reporter Blaine Wyland with a whirlwind re- Recap, or I should say a recap of the Whirlwind Day at Mosaic Stadium. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Brendan McGuire. And Sean Kleisinger on this Wednesday edition of the Sports Cage. Still ahead, we will go to Ottawa to talk to Red Blacks beat reporter Lee Versage about what they've been able to do in free agency. You heard Rash Madani on this station say yesterday he felt like your Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Ottawa Red Blacks were the two big winners in free agency. Also, CKRM sports reporter Blaine Weiland did a recap of today's media whirlwind at Mosaic Stadium. So, what's in store with this new quarterback as the Trevor Harris era in Ryderville begins? A little bit earlier today, we had the chance to catch up with the new quarterback number seven in the bowels of Mosaic Stadium, and here's a sample of what he had to say. Trevor, I used to watch a lot of NFL Network, and then I got addicted to it and so I got rid of it eventually. Do you watch a lot of NFL Network? I do watch it from time to time, but uh, not a not a ton. I don't really watch uh, as much TV as I used to, to be honest. I saw a story about how Bill Belichick was ready to be the head coach of the New York Jets, and he sat there, and the owner had passed away, and he doesn't know what this situation is going to look like going forward, so he just decided to go somewhere else. Is that what's happening here? Um, not necessarily. Uh, there was just it was tough to find the clarity, um, you know, and 
and not to even talk about you know thinking about going to other places because once it became uh, clear what the situation was it was you know I made a quick quick decision trusted my gut and I feel great about the decision I made but I didn't anticipate it getting to this and uh, I know that uh, coach Machocho had some tough situations he had to deal with uh, that were were not necessarily under his control I wrote a piece uh, just before Christmas when we listened to Kelly Jeffrey talk. He had just been hired as a new offensive coordinator. and He talked a lot about having a quarterback, or he wanted a quarterback who had a quick release, high completion percentage. And I was looking on Wikipedia. You had the record for completion percentage in that playoff game a few years ago. And I thought, he sounds sounds like Trevor Harris would be about the perfect fit here. And nobody thought it would happen. Um, did you hear those comments? Did that maybe turn a light bulb on in your head that maybe Saskatchewan would be a good fit for you? Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't read very much online. Um, and I know, I, I know a lot of people probably say that, but I, I mean that. And I don't even think you tweet. You don't have a Twitter account, do you? No, I don't have a Twitter. I do have an Instagram. I sign on there to mainly just watch funny real videos with my wife. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have a Facebook that I sign on to once in a great while, but, uh, yeah, it, it became apparent, uh, when, um, I knew the timeline wasn't going to happen, that I was going to have to maybe look elsewhere. And so when we did that um, and we took the blinders off uh, from thinking about going back to Montreal, um, you know, this situation presented itself when when the time came that it was allowed to. And uh, I really liked the vision here and uh, what they had and what they were thinking about going about uh, this organization. So I was really, really fired up uh, to be here. And um, but, yeah, maybe you're the uh, the Oracle and you need to make some predictions of the Grey Cup uh, coming back to Regina. I actually did that right. I'd be a very rich man. I wouldn't be doing radio. But um, the last guy who was quarterback here was involved on social media very heavily. And he went through the ups and the downs of being the quarterback in Saskatchewan. And at the end, it felt a little bit like, and you'd have to ask Cody, I think he'd be the first one to tell you this. It just seemed like it kind of chewed him up and spit him out. Is that a big reason why you stay off social media? Just the down, the highs are pretty high, but the lows can get pretty low too. Um, In a way, yes. Uh, but, Ultimately, like we, I love the fans and I appreciate the fans. I appreciate the province, but ultimately, uh, the opinions that, um, are the most important thing for us to accomplish the goals we want for the fans are in the locker room. And, uh, I deleted my Twitter account a long time ago because I wanted to put my focus on the relationships in building and, you know, hopefully the results could speak for themselves. You know, we've been to a, I've been to a couple more gray cups and, you know, been a part of a lot of playoff wins and um, being able to keep your focus on where I was has been, has really served me well. But uh, the really, I've just had values. Um, I've had a vision, um, you know, thoughts of things far before anybody had an opinion of me. And those are what really has driven me. And uh, I just try and not put the energy where I don't need to. And I think I'm doing myself and the fan base the best service I can by doing that. And once I can, you know, keep my focus where it needs to be, I feel like I'm serving the fans best to do that other, aside from reading, uh, you know, the comments and whatnot. How long have you been in Regina so far? Um, I got in late last night around midnight. Has anybody on the street recognized you yet? Yeah, a couple people at the airport. My wife actually told me uh, today, she goes, I think I think there's been more people that have recognized you in the 12 hours we've been here than the entire time in Montreal. And so, uh, yeah, you can definitely feel the love of Rider Nation, and I'm looking forward to uh, to embracing the culture and the, and the city and the fan base here as well even further. Different animal here for sure. Um, let's uh, take a few questions from the fans uh, at Sports Cage on Twitter. Eric Hoffman, I don't know where Eric is messaging from. He wants to know, uh, what does Trevor think will thinks will be the biggest challenge this year? 
It's, uh, I think the biggest challenge in every year and every CFL is, is delivering the results for the expectations of what you have. But to me, uh, there's no really pressure in that situation. If you can, uh, you know, just stay in the present moment and not think about it. It's really about where we are now. And to be honest, uh, I feel like this, the team that I'm joining right now, um, I was, it's kind of like what I've been taught my whole life. You don't ever really, uh, feel pressure, you apply it. And I think that if we can have that mindset to go apply the pressure instead of feeling it, and I think that's really where this team will be, and hopefully we can meet those expectations. One more question from the fans on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line. Preston in Regina wants to know, how many other offers did you get, and did you take the highest bid? <laughs> um, I've never been one to just go to the highest bidder, um, but I did have other teams interested uh, that I talked to, but uh, it's really neither here nor there to worry about what those offers were, who they were. Um, this was the best fit for me, and uh, I couldn't be more thrilled to be here. Uh, you're a big believer in the TB12 method, I've read, and you kind of alluded to it in the uh, news conference. Um, if you win a couple of Grey Cups, is there any thought of a TH7 clinic next to the stadium? <laughs> I always promised myself I would never uh, do that, but uh, uh, you know, maybe you just never know. You never know where life uh, can take you. I've always the one thing I've learned is to never uh, assume that anything would happen. But uh, maybe I should talk to TB12 about a sponsorship. Uh, being the older quarterback in the league, the elder statesman now, and uh, not really having an end in sight for myself right now in terms of how long I want to play. Just one more thing I wanted to touch base with you on: um, Kean Schaefer Baker. Um, there was a lot of speculation he might sign in the National Football League. That window is now closed. I asked Jeremy O'Day this morning if that was at all a drawing card to get you here. He didn't really indicate one way or the other. Was that thought in the back of your mind about having uh, number 81 here? 89. 89. 89. There. There you go. See, you're off to a good start. There Mitch, go. Mitch Picton, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. So 81's the reason you're here. No, but uh, KSB, was that a factor in uh, you choosing Saskatchewan? He's someone that I asked about. Uh, to say that I came here because he would be back uh, would, be, would be false, but obviously when you have the ability or uh, situation where you can be around unique talents like him, uh, especially him being a Canadian, being a ratio breaker. That is that is something that's important. So it's something I asked about, but it was not something that uh, drove the nail in the coffin per se. But uh, I did I did ask about that, and it was important. And they said they didn't know because he may have gotten a contract offer. But um, yeah, I just uh, you would think that they would make their decision, you know, prior to that. And so I was hopeful uh, that he'd be back. But obviously, I'm hopeful that. Uh, he has a tremendous season this year, and we can send him back down south because I think that's where he belongs. You're off to a great start. I'm going to have to warn Michael Ball. Get those numbers straight, or Trevor will correct you each time. Thanks for this, and uh, welcome to Regina. Get out, see the province, will you? Yeah, I will. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that is your new franchise quarterback, Trevor Harris, uh, showing up in Regina. If you look online, there are a lot of great photos of the snow falling in the background and him looking at the Jumbotron. With, yeah, uh, I was going to say, driving nice down video. Saskatchewan Drive today, you look to the left, you see it on the video. Obviously, you don't see the big Jumbotron, but uh, I'm talking about the skinny ones that wrap around the lower bowl. Mm -hmm. You can still see Welcome Trevor Harris to Ryderville. So, yeah, he's feeling the love. A day after Valentine's Day. Hmm. Coming up a little bit later, we will hear from Jeff Fairholm as we continue to kick this around. You can join in on the discussion. Uh, Twitter, at SportsCage is the handle. And, of course, on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line, uh, 306-936-6262. Out of town, you can call us or you can call us anywhere, one 767 620 We will go to John, who is on the line, when we come back. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.
Morrissey takes the pass, shoots it, loves a rebound, score! DeLong, a deflection, and we're tied at two! Winnipeg Jets taking on the Seattle Kraken at home last night. And yeah, that was a big goal for Pierre-Luc Dubois tying the game at two with nine minutes, 39 seconds into the third period. The game went to overtime, solved nothing. So it went to shootout and the Winnipeg Jets came away with the two points, three to two the final on Tuesday night. Pierre-Luc Dubois, game tying goal in the third period. Your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner and Fent dealer. Give them a call. Call at 781-1077. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Brennan McGuire and Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball on this Wednesday edition of the program. Still ahead, 2005 Saskatchewan Rough Rider Plaza of Honor inductee Jeff Fairholm. And also uh, our very own Blaine Wyland with a full recap of today's actions down at Mosaic Stadium. Very busy day as General Manager Jeremy O'Day met with the media. And then the new quarterback, Trevor Harris, and his wife, Kaylee, uh, also meeting with the media. I guess they have a couple of kids, another one on the way. Uh, I didn't clarify with him. I think he lives in Ohio, uh, but he says everybody's going to be up here during the season. So uh, you heard on that interview the just Buckeye before the break. State. Ed, you heard on that interview just before the end, a lot of quarterbacks out of Ohio, um, that he does plan out to get out and uh, see the sights. He's already been recognized Maybe a, few a camping times. trip at Cypress Hills is in, is in the itinerary for Trevor Harris. I don't know. Just throwing out ideas. couple of callers on the line. Uh, John in Regina, but first we will go to Sean from Moose Jaw. Sean, what's on your mind? What up, Sean? Hey, well, you know what? I really like this signing. I, I mean, I, I remember I was on the phone with Baldy, and he was on. He goes, yeah, we got to get Trevor and Eugene Lewis. And I was like, yeah, we need to get Trevor, but we don't need to get Eugene Lewis. I mean, 300000 k no, don't need him. And uh, so we've got a bona fide professional quarterback that's not on social media. Big deal, big deal. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get, you know, too excited, but I think Trevor Harris, I think he's the C in the column, uh, the column in the C, and I think he's going to be able to do some great things. Now, I'm just hoping maybe you guys can inform me on it. I've tried to follow. I've been busy. But, but the next thing I said is they got to build the O and D line. they got to start signing, guys. you got to throw some money in there. Yeah, you got to leave some money for Keenan Schaefer Baker, but we got to get that solidified because that's going to give Trevor help. That we can create a pass rush, and we also can create protection, and then also a run game for, uh, well, I forget his name, but he's a great running back. So uh, what do you guys think of that? Yeah, no, uh, you, you, great call. I thought, uh, uh, you had some, uh, good points, Sean from Moose Jaw about, uh, that, you know, he kind of took the words right out of my mouth about the calm in the sea with, uh, Trevor Harris. That's kind of how I felt too. I felt like we were hearing from someone who's just really level headed and I don't get the sense that he's going to get too high or too low, which is a bit of a departure from what we've seen around here mm-hmm. for the last few years. Um, the, the O line, D line, I mean, that's not a secret. I think, uh, I like what they've done along the O line. I don't think you can be too upset about that. Um, and along the D line, the big question is, will Micah Johnson be enough to fill the void yep. left behind? 
by Garrett Marino. Yeah, um, so Sean, if you missed it, Peter Godber, free agent signing from the BC Lions. He's uh, in the green and white. And also Philip Blake, he's back in Rider Nation, former uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So he's back as well. Brennan just mentioned Micah Johnson back in town. So, yeah, Jeremy O'Day, he's at work. What do you think of that? Well, okay, Philip Blake, I definitely like. I don't know about the guy in BC, but uh, it sounds like, hey, listen, if these guys are bona fide offensive linemen, that's awesome because I got to be honest. I also, one guy I think that should be back, frankly, is Dan Clark because when I watched that online for those two seasons, that guy was doing the work. He was getting it done. And back, not even last year, but the year before when they were 4-0, I called into Michael and I said, hey, Everybody was singing their praises. I'm like, man, it's only going only to be a matter of time. Look at all the swing passes. All of a sudden, uh, uh, the Ottawa running back, I forget his name. Uh, all of a sudden, and, and he's a good running back. Uh, you know what? You're, but anyway. Yeah, you're thinking of William Powell, Willie P. Yeah, Willie P. all of a sudden couldn't run, and that scared the living tar out of me. William Powell was killing it the year before, and all of a sudden he hits the line and can't even get past the line of scrimmage, and then throwing out swing passes. I honestly thought the writing was on the wall, and it took us a little bit of a lag time, but it sure is last year. And I'm thinking, you know what? You get some good guys in there, Philip Blake and this guy from BC. You get Dan Clark in there, and hopefully, you know what? I mean, Brett Jones has got to be a question. I mean, I know the med school thing, but you know what? I just remember the year that we had our greatest years. We had Brendan Labatt and all these other guys, and these guys were monsters. We're only going to go with the old line and the D line goes. Great call, Sean from Moose Jaw. We've got to move along, but um, along the offensive line, combined age, 65 years. Uh, usually, old linemen are like a fine wine. They get better with age. Um, just doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for Dan Clark uh, mm-hmm. based on what we're seeing and what we're hearing. Thanks for the call. Now we will go to John in Regina. What's on your mind? Well, I um, like the signing of Trevor Harris. I wish we would have got... Uh, Lewis as well, you know, I mean uh, he was the best receiver in the league and uh, nothing against uh, Schaefer Baker, but he's not at that level, and you need Would you, you pay know, $320,000 like for him though, John? $320,000 Yeah? I would have, because, uh, yeah he's he's a receiver that could probably get you, you know, 1500 to almost 2000 yards. You might not be able to sign both of the linemen that we did yesterday, though if you do that well, that's true, but uh, I mean, uh, you gotta you gotta have a go-to guy. Like, and if mm-hmm. Schaefer Baker doesn't come back, you know, who's going to be that guy? You know what I mean? And I think that's why it was a mistake letting Duke Williams go because uh, he was the best receiver on this team by a mile. I wasn't even close. Yeah, so, hard- yeah, I know he he cost the, the team of some games, but talent-wise, there was one. Of the, none of these guys were even half as good as he was. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, there's no doubt that the Riders bought high on Duke Williams last year, and it blew up in their face spectacularly, and I don't know that it was all Duke's fault. I mean, I, I think we're getting a little bit tired of hearing of the spitting. That what uh, that kind of did it in for me. I mean, um, who was it? Was it Sean Lemon, I think, accused him of it during the playoff game in 2021? There was a lot of things. And then, and then it happened again against Toronto, and, you know, we, haven't, we don't have any conclusive evidence of it, but... 
Um, when he was I in think, street clothes on the sideline and he was getting in the penalties. Labor Day game, yeah, and and it's uh, I think my grandpa once said, uh, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. It's and, probably uh, an old stinky duck. And so you know, so that part was really disappointing, and the throwing the helmet at the receipt at the defensive yeah. back and almost hitting Ryan Dinwiddie with it, and uh, eventually you say, well, you know, he's got to have a little more poise than that, and the fact that uh, he cost them a bunch of money last year, wasn't able to produce. Nothing personal. He moves on. The riders move on, and uh, maybe they're a little gun shy to back the money truck up for uh, an all for a, a superstar receiver like that. So I can see it from both ends. You're you're not wrong. I mean, there's that's the one big concern that I see out of this is we don't really know what they have at receiver. Uh, Juwan Breskison, with all due respect, doesn't excite me, and I don't. I suspect he doesn't excite much of the fan base either. But they do have Keon Schaefer Baker, and they're just going to have to roll with him and the supporting cast they have and hope that uh, some of these green apples turn red like Tevin Jones and some of the others that Coach Dickinson uh, had talked about. Great call, and uh, yeah, who's thanks for the call. Call us again, John, in Regina. Jack. Okay, so uh, that was John in Regina. We have another caller? Yeah, we got time for one more. Okay. We, got, we got Jack on the Western Pizza Hotline here. Jack, where are you calling from? Hey, uh, out of Fort Capel. Okay, Jack in Fort Capel. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm the guy who called in last week with Ballsy was still around and said that uh, when he asked me what would be my wish to improve the riders, and I said, hey, we got to have the meanest, ugliest offensive line that <laughs> there's, the defensive coordinator can find a way to penetrate that line. So I'm hoping that's happening. Yeah, but, great question. Um I don't want to say that Peter Godber's ugly or <laughs> or Logan Furland or Philip Blake or we anybody along that we, O-line. We can't but, say he's a good lineman. He started all 18 games last year and both playoff games for the BC Lions. I mean, uh, he was a part of a very good offense last year. So, okay. yeah. So I think you got your wish. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how it turns out. I think the real key will be, can Philip Blake start at tackle? Is he going to be good enough to still play at left tackle? He's 37 years old, as Don Hewitt pointed out earlier. Um, or will they have to put him at guard? I think the key will be, uh, can they get away and be successful with one American on the offensive line? Or are they going to have to plug in two? That'll be the telltale, and we won't know the answer to that till uh, the end of training camp and the season gets started. Thanks for the call. That was Jack in Fort Quapel. And, of course, don't forget... You can join in on the discussion uh, out of town, anywhere, toll-free, 1-866-767-0620. And also, you can join us on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line, uh, 306 or I should say um, 306-936-6262, and the Twitter handle, at SportsCage. We will be back with Jeff Fairholm when we come back on the other side. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. We're back with the sports ticker. It's 431 here inside the sports cage. Busy day for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I mean, where do we start? The football club has signed national defense alignment Kwaku Botang. Botang spent last season with the Ottawa Red Blacks, but missed the season due to injury, and Hamilton didn't stop there as former Stampeder linebacker Jameer Thurman as well is uh, heading to the hammer. And offensive lineman Joel Figueroa uh, will also be donning the black and gold in 2023. Defense alignment Jagera Davis will be returning to Hamilton. Former Lions running back James 
Butler will be headed east to Hammertown as well. And it doesn't stop. One more. The Tabbies have also re-signed wide receiver Tim White. Well, Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who was suspended one season after being accused of betting on games in November of 2021 while he played with the Falcons, is in fact applying to the NFL today for reinstatement per source. Today is the first day Ridley can apply, and well, he's wasting no time. Wednesday CFL report with new Rider Center Peter Godbert. You know what? There's there's a lot of things that came into my uh, back to the side here. You know, one of them being uh, Jeremy O'Day and and Craig Dickinson and the staff they have together. Uh, another one is you know I'm a I'm a Canadian. I grew up in Toronto. Uh, one of the first games I went to in the CFL was a is a Grey Cup game uh, in Toronto. It happened 2007. It was the Saskatchewan Roughriders versus Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I remember seeing how many fans the Saskatchewan Roughriders had, and how um, much of an electric audience that was. And I, you know, since then I've always felt like, wow, what if what if I played for that team? So you know, there's a bunch of factors in, but it's always been uh, as a Canadian growing up, I've always kind of envied the Riders and, and you know wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. So playing center, obviously, uh, you got to communicate with your offensive line a lot. And playing at Mosaic Stadium is, is the hardest stadium to play at in the CFL because of how loud it is and how, how into it the fans are. And, uh, you know, playing here and having to go on silent count and, and do all the things that it takes to play there, you know, you, you look up and you're like, wow, this is, this is the best, you know, place to play, uh, in front of fans in Canada. You know, it'd be really cool, you know, if this was a home game. So you, you think that in your mind when you come to Saskatchewan, growing up in Canada, you always know what Saskatchewan means to the, the country of Canada. So yeah, I've always, I've always, you know, thought it would be cool if it worked out and it happened to work out this year. What team really, really needs my position? And I would look at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who surrendered 77 sacks last year and start licking my chops. Was there a little bit of that with you and your agent when you were thinking of different possibilities going into free agency this offseason? Uh, no, no, it was none of that. I mean, I've played uh, O-line long enough and, uh, in the CFL and in college and stuff like that. And I've been on some teams where we allowed a high number of sacks. And, uh, you know, it's not always on the O-line. It has to do with... Uh, getting the ball out and it takes all 12 players on the O-line so you know what yeah the numbers were high last year I've been a part of a BC Lions team where the numbers were high as well Uh, and it's hard to say you know it's hard to put all the blame on the O-line so no it wasn't necessarily that it was just a good fit for me um, and and wanting to play uh, in Saskatchewan what do you know about Trevor Harris? What do you expect uh, life will be like blocking for him? Have you had much time to think about that? So, yeah, he uh, he actually reached out to me. and We got to talk to him a little bit. He, I mean, he's a great guy. Everything I've heard from different guys in the locker room is he's, he's a really good leader. Obviously, he loves football and uh, just his preparation and stuff he does to keep his body ready. I know, you know, my quarterback here, Nathan Rourke, Trevor was with Nathan a few weeks ago in North Vancouver with the quarterback coach out here. So, anyways, it just speaks to how much he wants to win, how much he loves football. But I know he's a great quarterback, and I'm looking forward to playing for him. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Still ahead in Hour 3, we will hear from CKRM sports reporter Blaine Wyland on a recap of the whirlwind day down at Mosaic Stadium today on this uh, day after, I guess, the storm of day one of free agency 2023.
three. I just want to read a couple of texts here before we get to Jeff Fairholm. Ballsy's texting. Not a surprise. He's in the Bahamas and he's thinking CFL. Uh, you can follow his Twitter handle at the real Ballsy. He says uh, within the last hour or so, uh, Fajardo complaining about head coach Dickey threatening to bench him over performance issues is exactly my point about mentality to play starting QB. You're the highest paid player. You have to handle the good and the bad. If you get the bag of money, you get both. And then another one. Um, he also mentions that about Coach Dickey, his goal is to make this his last coaching job in football. Doesn't want to work past 60. Me neither. And hopes to bring at least two more titles to the Riders. Wants to go down as the best coach in team history. I've never seen him this focused. Wow. Ballsy's on holidays and he's fired up. Big surprise. Okay. We'll go out to the... Western Pizza Hotline, and we are now joined by two-time Grey Cup champion and Rider Radio analyst, Jeff Fairholm. Jeff, I should have asked this question to the professor when we had Don Hewitt on earlier, and I didn't even think of it. Um, Watching from afar uh, these free agent moves by the Riders, can you give them a grade at this point? Well, I think you can give them a grade, yeah. I mean, it's really O'Day that gets the grade, right? I I think he's done really well. Uh, I think he, I think he did really well considering, you know, obviously you couldn't stand pat with what we had last year. Uh, that's the definition of insanity, right? So, you know, they had to make some changes, and so far from what I've seen, I'd give them a really good grade. Let's let's go up to even a B plus. Well, um, definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You're right. Something had to change, and they decided that the quarterback was going to change, and uh, whether or not the O-line was to blame, most of us felt like it was, and uh, they didn't have time to wait and find that out. They had to make the change, which they did. Uh, Being a star receiver, which you were throughout your Canadian Football League career, do you worry at all at seeing all these names disappear out of town? No more Duke Williams. I realize he didn't really contribute last year, um, but a healthy Duke Williams is about as good as it gets. Um, what do you what do you think about where they are uh, at the receiving core and having to rely on some of these unknowns like Tevin Jones and others? It's going to take some time for sure. I think they need to, you know, they're going to have to gel, as you know, so to speak. And there's a lot of complementary routes. Um, not having Duke Williams to me is not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, he seems like a great receiver, but you know what he did, you know, the antics that he had last year. I, I would have, I would have gotten rid of him right away, quite frankly. So that's not a loss for me. Of everybody that you know, we didn't really have anybody to get downfield. Even when Duke was, even when Duke was healthy, I didn't see him breaking downfield wide open and the ball soaring over the defense for long touchdowns. I never saw that last year. So this year, hoping that we have a stronger armed quarterback, my opinion, and we have some receivers that can get downfield. I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy about that. Sean Bain seems to be a, a deep threat. Let's see him get deep, and let's see Harris, let's see Harris get protected and throw the ball deep. That's what we missed last year. We all we had a lot of a lot of short passes, a lot of intermediate passes, and every pass except for one that I can recall, every pass that went downfield was either a 50-50 ball or short thrown. And that's just not that's just not going to cut it in this league. Jeff Fairholm, our guest on the Western Pizza Hotline, dine in, take out, or delivery. Get it hot, get it fast from Western Pizza. Jeff, would you have uh, paid three hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the best receiver in the league, Geno Lewis? No, I don't think you can do that in the CFL. Um, you know, I think you pay the money to the quarterback, which we've done, and then you you get some you get some O linemen who can protect them, and you get one or two receivers 
that are up there, but certainly not that much money. It's just too much money for one person, especially a receiver. A receiver, you know, a receiver can't do much if the O line doesn't protect and the and the quarterback doesn't get the ball downfield. So, no, I don't think I would have. Um, I'm happy. You know, look how the cut worked out for for uh, for Duke last year, and we paid him a lot of money, and it didn't work out. And I just don't think I don't think he can do that in the CFL. Well, it's February fifteenth, twenty twenty three, right now. So as it sits right now today, I know you already kind of went through the receiving core, but do you think the Riders have enough horses, if you will, as it sits right now today, going into the season, or do you think uh, they still need to make a move here or there? I think we still need another offensive lineman. Um, losing Sankey was losing Sankey to the what do you go the XFL? I think is a big loss yep. the defense. Um, I'm con- still concerned a little bit about the back end, especially at safety. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about how that's going to all shake out. Um, I'm happy with the quarterback. <clears throat> In my opinion, I think we got the second best quarterback on the market. Um, I still think that um, if we could have gotten Bo Levi Mitchell, I think that might have been better. Um, but who well, who knows? I mean, Trevor Harris is a, is still a great quarterback, and he's uh, he's a young thirty six, almost thirty seven year old quarterback. I'm happy about that. Um, having having somebody like Winnicky come in, um, who he's familiar with, I think is is excellent. Uh, still, like I said, an old lineman, uh, maybe another linebacker. Uh, I think our D line is fantastic now. I mean, you know, bringing uh, Micah Johnson back was was, was fantastic. Um, I still would like to see, and I'm changing subjects a bit, but boy, all this, all this being in, at a team for one year and going to another one and then going to another one. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about the the uh, continuity on the teams, especially for Saskatchewan, because you just don't get a chance to to, to know the players and as, as a fan, and the players don't get a chance to play together and gel. And you know, that's what we had back in the day. And I know I'm talking about a hundred years ago, but you know, we had people that were around for a number of years, and we got to know each other and, and you know, really, really had each other's backs. You mentioned Darnell Sankey there. Does it concern you at all that a guy turns down reportedly $160,000 Canadian to go down south to play in the XFL with the Arlington Renegades? It does concern me. I mean, we all knew that with these other leagues down there that we were going to lose players. And, you know, some, you know, these American players, they, they, I'm not, we're, I don't even know where Sankey's from, quite frankly, but, you know, if he gets a chance to go back into the States as an American, you know, they, they do long for that. I did long to come back to Canada as a Canadian. So, you know, you can't blame him for that. I don't know how much money he's making down there, but, you know, money isn't everything, and you've got to go. Hey, I was a guy that went to Toronto uh, after my after my Saskatchewan career because I wanted to be closer to the family and get in, get involved in business with my family. So you can't fault them, but having two extra, you know, two other leagues down there certainly is is, is a competing factor. Trevor Harris talked today about how he's not on social media. Um, I tried to find a Twitter account for him. doesn't exist. It looks like he's on Twitter even less than I am. And uh, he said he just doesn't read that stuff. He checks out Instagram once in a while. He seems very level-headed, and I thought one of our callers earlier uh, put it best. I feel like he's the calm in the sea. Um, A guy who's 36 years old and has that mindset, is he the perfect guy to be quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the fishbowl so that maybe he doesn't get tripped up by some of the perils we saw with the last guy. Yeah, he's got, he seems to have, like, I don't know Trevor, but he seems to have that mindset, uh, very calming. When he, when he had to go into the Montreal offense, 
he seemed to calm everybody down and, and make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I think we need that in Saskatchewan. Uh, he's going to he's going to be in the fishbowl. He's going to get the heat both both positively and negatively. Um, and I think he knows that. He's not. He's been around a long time. And he's he's very healthy. He takes care of his body, obviously. Um, and I, I think he's ready for that. I think we need that. And uh, you know, I think with his quick release uh, and improving the O line, I think he's in Excel where he is now. Last season. Um Garrett Marino sucked up a lot of the oxygen around here. And uh, I, I think it was evident that he had to go at, at some point. Um, but there's no denying the fact that their record was much better with him in the lineup than it was without. He was just that disruptive on the interior of the defensive line. Um, I, you mentioned earlier you're a big fan of this Micah Johnson signing, bringing him back. Does he adequately fill that void in your mind? Well, I don't know if there's a void. I mean, you've got to look at the aftermath of what happened with the Marino incident. You know, yeah, he might have been he might have been a good player, but what we don't know as fans is we don't know what went on in that locker room. And to me, there's something really bad happened and and after that incident, something really bad happened in that locker room. And we don't know, we're not privy to it, and we shouldn't be. That's a locker room thing. But that team split, and I'm not saying in two parts, it might have split in three parts. In my opinion, I think I think Dickey should have gotten rid of him right there and then instead of waiting for everything else to go. Um, having a great player is okay, but you've got to fit in with everybody. And I'm hoping that not, not, that bringing in these these additions and you know, in place of these departures, I'm hoping that you know it will fix the locker room. And you know, hopefully, Dickey has 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 learned from this. I know he has. He's grown from it. But at the same time. You know, having a great player doesn't do it. Doesn't do anything. You know, it's it's you've got to fit in and be a team player, and especially in Saskatchewan in that fishbowl. So, no, I, I I don't I don't miss Marino at all. I think it's um, I don't think it's the his play that we missed. I think it was more the effect and the aftermath of what happened from that incident. Yeah, sometimes somebody with star talent can, uh, at the end of the day, hurt you more than he helps you, and uh, it just takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch, and it kind of felt that way in 2022 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Hey, this has been great, and uh, can't wait to hear you on the pregame show. Uh, I keep saying oh, hashtag isn't me yet. I hope, <laughs> I hope I'm back. It'll be great. I, I had a lot of fun last year, so um, I look forward to it. It keeps me engaged and involved, and I, I love talking rider football, and uh, can't wait for the season to start. Me neither. They can't knock you off now, Jeff. I've already teed it up. There's no going back. You're back for another season. Let's bring Just up the glass cutter gloves real oh, quick. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Singer. Yeah, the yeah, glass yeah. cutter gloves. Jeff, you wore them. I think Don Narcisse wore them. How Elgard? We, yeah, Elgard wore them. Why, why don't we see the glass cutter gloves anymore, man? I love that. Look, Doug Flutie wore them in the 96 Grey Cup. Let's bring it back, man. Hashtag bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. You know, I think tell you. I think the quick story on that is the fact that I I believe that they someone took that material that I was buying from uh, Ansel Edmond out of Coshocton, Ohio. Someone took the material and made them into really expensive gloves. Instead of me selling them for five bucks a pair, I think they're going for like eighty bucks a pair now. So they're back. They're just in a, a much more uh, a much more expensive package. They stole your business. They stole it. They stole you. You could be raking in the five bucks a pair right you now. You could have took that to the that. Shark Tank. Come I on. wouldn't be slugging consoles if I had done that properly. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Didn't patent it in time. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Always a good time to visit with Jeff Fairholm. And uh, he loves the sport as much today as he ever did. And you can tell that 
just from talking to him. And he loves the Riders as much as anyone and as much as he ever did when he played the game. And we're so lucky to have him on the Rider Radio Network. Still ahead, uh, we will go to Ottawa to update the happenings with the Red Blacks on CFL Free Agency and also hear from CKRM sports reporter Blaine Wyland. You're listening to the Sports Cage on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Brendan McGuire and Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball, who's away this week and next, enjoying some well-earned R&R in the Sun of Bahamas, but does still that mean, tweeting. Does that mean Roman relax? I've always wondered, what's R&R mean? Someone help me. You don't even know Brendan McGuire. You're rest saying and a, relax. Rest and relax. Roman relax. Man, I'm, I'm not a very smart individual. Sounds like a millennial question. Yeah. Something happening at Winston Knoll? Yeah, there is, man. Big night at Winston Knoll Collegiate. The senior girls and boys are hosting LeBoldis in basketball. And that's not only it. It's not just basketball happening, but uh, raising funds for kids' sport tonight. So come on out, watch some high school basketball, and... Uh, just donate at the door, whatever you can afford. All proceeds will go towards kids' sport and a way to uh, give back to sport here in our great province. Girls play at 6.15, and the boys' game is at 8 o'clock. Also at halftime, there will be uh, two associate schools playing some elementary basketball. So uh, check it out. Winston Oak Collegiate tonight in the north end of Regina on Rochdale Boulevard. That's my neck of the woods. Maybe, I guess I can't. I got Zinger at night tonight, but uh, you can go for me out there. You can Sports listen to Zinger at night on your way there. If you're there, maybe give me a FaceTime so I can feel like I'm in attendance. Winston Knowles the place to be tonight. And I also want to mention this, Brennan McGuire, coming up at the end of the show today because I see our sponsor on the screen here, Floor Coverings International. They are our sponsor for Where Are They Now Wednesday. And today we've got a very special chat coming up at around, I want to say, 545 estimated. Glenn Suter sat down and chatted with former rider safety Grey Cup champion from 2013, Tyrone Brackenridge, of course, former player of the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So that's coming up at the end of the show today, so I keep it tuned in. He was also a guest or a very prominent figure in one of the early editions of Hard Knocks training camp with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. And I don't know if I think that was the same Hard Knocks where Casey Printers got cut. And Ray Farmer was sitting there, and Casey was whining. And, you know, speaking of quarterbacks whining and pointing fingers, he says, I don't know what I was supposed to do with this receiving core. I felt like you wanted me to make chicken salad out of chicken bleep. Right. And Ray Farmer looks at him, the GM, and he says, or personnel guy, whatever he was, he says, you want me to be honest with you? He says, yeah. You need to take them and make chicken salad out of chicken bleep. Take those receivers, make them something they ain't. Makes you makes you wonder if these guys just had a just a bit different type of attitude. What kind of player they could have been, you know? Down down south, Casey Printers. That's too bad. But uh, hey, he came. or a number seven in Regina. Yeah. I, when I think of Casey Printers, I always think of uh, he's always known as the guy that. Uh, was pulled from the Grey Cup game in 2004. Dave Dickinson was the one coming back from injury and got that start against the Toronto Argonauts when Casey Printers had that Every, everything, MLP season. Everything went south from there for Casey, and I don't know that you can 100% blame it all on Casey. No, I'm not good, blaming on Casey, but I'll I'm blame just, most of it on I'm Casey. I'm just thinking, when I think of his name, I just think that was like a turning point in his career there because he was yeah. an MLP, and then he was pulled in the Grey Cup in favor of an injured Dave Dickinson, fresh off an injury, or coming off an injury. I don't know. But uh, I think if Printers maybe plays in that game, 
he's beaten Damon Allen in the Argos, but that's another topic for another day. Who cares, I guess. A lot of us thought it was Warren Moon 2.0, and he wore number one, and he was exciting like Warren Moon, but when that happened, the difference was Warren Moon had been benched, and he reacted better than Casey Printers did. We have somebody on the text line? Yeah, we got Leonard on the text line. Leonard says they should investigate some of these NFL referees, man, to see if they bet on games. They caught that NBA referee a couple years ago for betting on games that he was officiating. and Tunanagy. Yeah, and he got got in trouble for it. There's a great Netflix documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that text because, man, it sure seems fishy sometimes. I'm not saying anything happened in the Super Bowl, but man, come on, you know, you're really, you're, you're, you are really sour. Like, there's something in your craw about that holding penalty, isn't there? Well, not only that, okay, if he, I'm going to go back a couple years. What do I got on the clock? I got a minute 20. Go back to the 2020 NFC Championship. There was tugging, there was pulling on jerseys all day long when the Green Bay Packers were playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember one vividly, you know, tugging on Alan Alan Lazard's jersey from behind. That wasn't called, but all of a sudden in overtime, they called one on Kevin King when he was doing the exact same thing, you know. It's just ridiculous. They don't know what's a penalty and what's not in the National Football League. It's the worst uh, worst officiated league in all of professional sports, in my opinion. you you got to just simplify it. Don't throw a flag unless it's an obvious penalty going forward. Like, obvious, and I mean obvious in capital letters. Enough with the ticky-tack calls. If you eliminate the ticky-tack calls, you'll get a much smoother type of game. Like, enough ticky-tack. Just... This is my flag. See, I'm holding a yellow piece of paper. Just throw it when it's obvious. Enough with the, ooh, his his pinky nail is on his forearm. I'm going to throw a flag. Enough of that, man. Come on. And that's going to be the result. You're going to get ruined endings like that. we got to break. Are the the refs as bad in the CFL as the NFL? Well, NFL refs are worse. Considering that so something is better about the CFL. You're confessing other than just the rules. Considering that the NFL is like a billion-dollar business... Like billion dollars, this, this this league makes, man, and their referees are giving us that type of product. You kidding me? Like, come on, worst. You done? I'm done. All right. I need to get some water. Zinger's feeling better. And uh, we're ready to come back after the news (laughs) with uh, Hour 3. We'll go to Ottawa and hear from TSN 1200 radio reporter Lee Versage and also CKRM sports reporter Blaine Wyland with his recap of today's action over at Mosaic Stadium. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Filling in for Michael Ball, here's Brendan McGuire. Just love that voice of God, Mr. Vancouver Canuck. PA announcer. You never heard the guy before who died a few years ago, but he even more so. There's just something in the water on the West Coast for those guys. Um, Sean Kleisinger also with us here in the Sports Cage. Uh, Coming up, we'll hear from CKRM sports guy Blaine Wyland uh, with a full detailed recap of what went on today as the riders addressed the media. We heard from one Mr. Jeremy O'Day, the general manager, and also from the new quarterback. That's Mm -hmm. the buzz in town. Trevor Harris, who says he's been recognized a few places and his wife has noticed this. Go ahead. And we also got Where Are They Now Wednesday. Glenn Suter sitting down and chat with 2013 
2018 Grey Cup champion Tyrone Brackenridge. Can't wait for, uh, to hear that one. Yes, that will be good. He was a big part of that team on the defense for the 2013 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But right now we go out to the Western Pizza Hotline to our nation's capital to visit with TSN 1200 Radio Red Blacks beat reporter Lee Versage. I hope I'm introducing you right, Lee, but I know you have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the Ottawa sports community, and uh, we might even touch on the Senators a little bit, but I just want to quote um, someone who was on this show yesterday, Arash Madani, who comes on. Oh, and uh, he friend of mine. There you go. And he was of the opinion that there were two teams that won in free agency yesterday, one of them being the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the other being the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, you know, maybe uh, Zinger and I look at the world through green and white colored glasses, um, but I started to think, well, I don't know, what's Ottawa done? They've added Shaq Evans, uh, Jovan Santos-Knox, a linebacker, pretty good player. Oh, and also Taryn Vaughn, the offensive lineman from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Um, do you view it that way too? That the Red Blacks were one of the two big winners on the opening day of free agency. Well, well my good friend Arash Madani and I bicker quite a bit, so I would say I don't agree with Mr. Madani uh, both on the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So um, yeah, I'm look. I host the drive show every day. Two to six here in Ottawa. I do all the pregame, halftime, and postgame of every Red Blacks game that's ever happened. So you hope you're on the pulse of some of the things that are going on. Uh, so lots to unpack there. Uh, number one, for the Ottawa Red Blacks, where they won, I don't think was yesterday. I think they won and did themselves some favors before that. Uh, getting Lorenzo Molden done making sure that Jeremiah Masoli re-ups, getting a veteran back up. Nick Arbuckle might not be the greatest quarterback, but they needed another guy that has played in this league before and couldn't rely on like a Caleb Evans. They brought back Kenny Onyeka on the D-line, Cleon Lang, and they had Ackland to a two-year deal. And they've done a lot of their work previous to yesterday. Uh, I certainly don't think they overwhelmed anybody yesterday. I think they upgraded a little bit at linebacker. They upgraded where they have really made a point of making sure that their D-line and O-line are much better. They're pretty good last year. They were awful in years past, and I think they're even better now. We could have a debate on some of the skill positions for sure. Uh, so I don't think they won yesterday. I think they've done a pretty good job at retaining some of the people that were going to be very important. Uh, they certainly overhauled their coaching staff. We know that. Uh, so th- they got a lot to prove. I don't think they won yesterday. I-, I don't. Look, Trevor Harris played here for a long time. I hope he does really well for you guys. Uh, my gut says he won't. So mm. um, I-, I think Trevor Harris is one of those guys, not to get into it, not to get off the Red Blacks. Sure, I know you guys got lots of different questions. But Trevor Harris can dazzle you with numbers. And Mm -hmm. he can be very efficient. When he's at his best, he's one of the most efficient, accurate guys I've ever seen. But in in between the 20s, he's really good. In the red zone, he's not so good. And he's continually done that to himself in a lot of big games over the course of his career. He has lost more big games than he has won. And I don't know that Trevor Harris is the 
put it this way. Sometimes you want your quarterback to be kind of the leader. We always think the quarterback is the leader of the team, and he's the guy that's going to rally the rest of the guys when they're down. He's a really good player. I'm not trying to take away from his skill set, but leadership's not one of them. So I hope there's some guys around them that can help him do that. And if, if that happens, they'll have some success. If not, I'm not sure he will. Interesting take, and you are more than welcome to shift the conversation to the Rough Riders. Um, by the way, you mentioned one Onyeka. We I failed to mention earlier the other Onyeka, Godfrey, the defensive back, has re-signed with the Rough Riders uh, for another year. Uh, right now joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, Lee Versage of TSN 1200 Ottawa. Dine in, take out or delivery, get it hot, get it fast from Western Pizza. Um, I want to follow up what you said about Trevor Harris because we want to provide balanced coverage and it's kind of felt like a love-in all day and all afternoon on the show that the Rough Riders got the quarterback they wanted and they needed. Um, You have some pretty good familiarity with Mr. Harris. You've seen his whole time as a starting quarterback and... um, from what you're telling me, you're not as excited about the Riders' chances going forward, and you're saying, hey, there's a reason that Ottawa wouldn't give him the money, Marcel Desjardins wouldn't give him the money he wanted, and there's a reason he fell out of favor in Edmonton. And Montreal and other places, like, look. has he? Did he fall not, out of favor in Montreal, though? Uh, yeah, look, he did himself a world of good, and maybe since Trevor Harris has been here, he's done some soul-searching. I think before when he thought he was going to take over for Henry Burris and then he wanted his money and I I don't know that he handled things as well as he possibly could have and then he took that pay cut and he went to Montreal and he proved himself and good for him Um, again I come at this a little bit different way because I've never been a fan of Trevor Harris so when he was here in Ottawa you'll ask people around Ottawa and they're like oh Lever's age not, not a fan of Trevor Harris so this isn't like a Saskatchewan thing or people know me here as not being the biggest fan. And you know what? I had to give him a lot of credit this year for what he did and taking the pay cut in Montreal and going in there when Vernon Adams couldn't get the job done and being the number one quarterback of the team. But again, I point back to he's been in some really big spots over the course of his career. And I just, I've never seen the consistency because he'll have a game where he'll go 34 for 37 and he'll throw 330 yards. Look up the stats for the last five years, folks. Do it. There'll be some unbelievable numbers in there. And guess what? He'll have lost the game. He'll go 337 yards and 30 for 33 and one touchdown and no, no interceptions and he'll have lost the football game. And then people will pull well, it's other it's other places. I'm telling you right now, Trevor Harris, like a lot of quarterbacks, there aren't too many that can walk up to the the plate and go, you know what? In the in the red zone, I deliver. And I consistently deliver over and over and over again. There aren't too many that can do it. So he's not the only guy. The guy here in Ottawa who got hurt last year from Garrett Marino in Saskatchewan, Jeremiah Misoli. People love him here. And that's awesome. I think he's it sounds like he's an unbelievable guy. Got to know him a little bit this year. Um, he's an amazing person. I need to see him get it done in the 20s in the red zone when it counts. Because over the course of his career in Hamilton, he didn't quite do it all either. So I'm kind of a show-me guy when it comes to quarterbacks in big moments. 
I don't care about the stats. I don't care about the flashy numbers that you can provide. And I do find that Trevor Harris can provide a lot of flashy stats, but he doesn't provide a lot of big moments. And, I mean, Ottawa beat him twice in Montreal this year. And Ottawa stunk. They didn't win a home game all year long. They stunk. <laughs> so they, they, won tw- they won twice in Montreal over Trevor Harris when Montreal needed those games. Mm-hmm. So I'm just look. You come some. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there that come with some good and come with some bad, and you, they're not the only person on the team. But so Trevor Lee, Harris is certainly under the category for me that he needs to prove it in big moments. Lee, you kind of answered my question already. I was going to ask you: Do you feel like Jeremiah Masoli is the answer in Ottawa? No. But but uh, well, the, kinda... uh, the answer is not no. The yeah. answer and, and maybe like Trevor Harris. The answer is there's a reason they signed Nick Arbuckle back because they need another veteran. Look, this guy's had major knee problems a couple of times in his career, and he's coming off a time where, look, there's so much pomp and circumstance around the Garrett Marino stuff. You guys know that. And certainly here in Ottawa, I need to tell you, I can't wait for Saskatchewan and Trevor Harris to come here finally. They haven't been here in a couple of years, and people hate Saskatchewan here. And I don't blame them. I really don't. But with all that pop and circumstance, Jeremiah Masoli got really hurt. He had to go back into the hospital twice for infection-related stuff due to the injury. And he spent all off-season rehabbing another knee injury that he was coming off of previous to that. Well, now he's 34 years old and is a guy that has spent a lot of the last three or four years injured. Do I think he can do it? Yeah, it sounds like he's very committed. Sounds like he's worked his butt off. Sounds like he's a great leader. All of those things. But is there a question that Jeremiah Masoli can get it done on the field? There has to be. Mm-hmm. How, how, how can there not be? And so it's a reason why Sean Burke kept Nick Arbuckle, because he wanted another veteran. Uh, they do have Dustin Crum here as the third quarterback trying to learn under the CFL rules and try and develop a quarterback. But, yeah, I, there, there's question marks for sure. Um, fortunately for Ottawa, they didn't win a home game last year, so they're starting from the bottom. And, you know, if, if, if they go 9-9 nine and nine this year, well, people might be okay. And, that, and that's not great, but it's not bad either. And they've been horrible the last two years, right? So they need to see some improvement. You, you hope Masoli can do it. I, I'm rooting for the guy, but I'm not sure. And shifting back to the Saskatchewan Rough Rider quarterback situation, if you don't think uh, Trevor Harris is the answer in Saskatchewan, do you have a, another guy in mind that you think was a better answer for this season going into 2023 for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a team that needs to win now with uh, Craig Dickinson, Jeremy O'Day, Craig Reynolds? Do you see? Uh, do you think the team should have went in a different direction to get someone else, or do you think... Uh, this was the best available option for the riders. It's just not a very good one, in your opinion. Um, again, to say it's not a very good one, I think Trevor Harris is better than some of the other options that were out there. I just don't love it. Um, right. Is he a guy to ultimately get you to where you need to be? He's a. Uh, you guys just pointed out exactly what I think Trevor Harris is. With Craig Dickinson and Jeremy O'Day and everybody. Things went off of the rails last year in Saskatchewan. Well, you can't have that again. 
And the way to provide that is to bring somebody in that can kind of stabilize things. Trevor Harris can stabilize things. Mm-hmm. He absolutely can. And he's better than some other options that would be more of a risk. I guess my point is, is that, yeah, you can stabilize things, but can you be the best? Can you win in big moments? And can you beat the teams when you need to beat the teams come playoff time? I think he is an insurance guy to make sure that we don't go back off of the rails again and maybe helping O'Day and Dickinson keep their jobs a little bit longer because he is a professional quarterback that can do some good things. But can he do ultimately what you want him to do? Well, that's another question. But I I do agree with sometimes you're left a little bit too long holding the bucket and you better figure out something quick or else you're going to take a big risk. And if they take a big risk again, I, I guess what I'm saying is I completely understand their thinking. We need to stabilize things. How are we going to do that? Trevor Harris can do that. He's a stabilizing quarterback that's an efficient quarterback when he's at his best. Yeah. And and he's a tough guy, too. Like, he he did – one thing that's really impressed me about him is that the guy gets banged up, and he's there. He's available most times for your team. So I I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, not a lot of connections between the Rough Riders and Red Blacks, but that was one uh, undeniable connection there. And I feel like what what you're saying, Lee, is it's not that he's a terrible quarterback or a terrible choice, but there's a ceiling with Trevor Harris, at least based on what we've seen so far. Um, I feel like the Rough Riders and Red Blacks kind of have this relationship. They're kind of like these two people who um, um, met online and then hooked up at the bar and uh it didn't go well <laughs> and, <laughs> it didn't go well and, and, yeah. and they and for either side and uh and uh exactly. both sides Nobody are still reeling a little year, bit right yeah it, it, it was like they destroyed Reno? well and the red blocks i think eliminated the rough riders by uh losing a game too so it <laughs> it kind of went both ways and uh, i wish they played each other twice this season but the uh moron schedule makers only put it once yeah. hey, but you know what i we never have enough time i appreciate this we love having you on and uh we'll do it again soon I can't wait to talk to you guys. Uh, I I do love the rivalry, Saskatchewan, Ottawa. It it means something. Like, I think it does mean something when a team out east can really dislike a team out west and vice versa. That's good for the Canadian Football League. I wish that they were the Ottawa Rough Riders. I wish we could talk about the Green Riders, the Eastern Riders. Let's name them the same again, the Rough Riders. (laughs) Okay, you lost lost me. I heard you minus 34 tonight. You guys are, look, it's tougher out there. I get it. We don't need two teams with the same name in a nine-team league. (laughs) Guys, you know better. You guys have the history. You can keep it. That's awesome. Uh, and don't ask me what a red black is yet because I still don't know since 2014. It's a lumberjack, I think, that wears a jacket or something, a Dickie's jacket. Uh, that's what I That's what I came to conclusion with a few uh, months back. Two, two colors that got put together that you can say in English and in French, so it works. Lee, next time we'll talk about the Senators and that sterling finish that I saw earlier this week. And, uh, hey, enjoy the rest of the week and uh, look forward to training camp and seeing if the Red Blacks can get a home victory and maybe the Rough Riders can get another win after that miserable finish. Thanks again. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate appreciate it, guys. Okay, that is Lee Versage from TSN 1200. Boy, he had some candid thoughts on Trevor Harris, which we'll address on the other side. You're listening to Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
Join in on the discussion through Twitter at SportsCage is the handle. You can also uh, text us on the Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line 306-936-6262 or call us toll free 1-866-767-0620. Brennan McGuire and Sean Kleisinger filling in for Michael Ball who will be gone this week and next. Um, coming up a little bit later we'll hear from Brain, Brain? Blaine Wyland. One Blaine of our, the Brain baby. Uh, our CKRM Sports guy with a recap of uh, what went on today at Mosaic Stadium. Uh, Zinger, boy, some candid thoughts there from Lee Versage, and uh, you think that the narrative might have changed on Trevor Harris on one moment. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Harris did take his Ottawa Red Black team to the Grey Cup. I think that was, what, the 2018 season? It was in Edmonton. I was there. Yeah, Yeah. when they lost to the Calgary Stampede. Just imagine if Trevor Harris wins that Grey Cup game, then it's going to be like complete opposite narrative if a few plays were made here and there in it that a, game. It was a one possession yeah. game right before the half and Richie Leon punted it right in the middle of the field which is the exact opposite thing that they tell you to do mm-hmm. and they gave up the kick return touchdown. And, yeah, uh, so some, some of the points yeah. that Lee made I, I do agree with but like as far as Trevor Harris not being the guy that uh, you know makes big enough plays and big moments. I don't I don't, I don't know if that's true because we've seen we we've seen Trevor Harris lead a team to a Grey Cup and he was a through the east to be fair. I, hey, whatever. And he was a few plays away from, you know, w- winning the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. You, you, I mean, whether it's the east or the west, the plays are still out there to be made. You still got to, you know, you can't blame Trevor Harris for going through the east. He still took his team to the Grey Cup game. So, uh um he, you know what he? I, when I think of him, I think a lot of what the Red Blacks were there for a few years. Remember when they beat Calgary in that Grey Cup? Like mm-hmm. Henry Burris yeah. uh, had his um, uh, his knee injected, and <laughs> I think it was his knee, and he came out and had a whale of a game. And I know that Trevor Harris admitted he was disappointed. He was kind of hoping he'd get to play in that game, so he's got some unfinished business from that. But the Red Blacks matched up really well for a few years against the Stampeders but not against everybody else. And I feel like that, there's a little bit of that that follows Trevor Harris. I feel like he's a guy who, you never, he's kind of a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And um, some nights he might be able to beat Calgary or Winnipeg, and other nights he might lose to Ottawa. Yeah, we have a text on the text line. People aren't pleased with Lee's comments, and that's understandable because fans are excited for our new quarterback, right? But we Bursting like, our bubble. Yeah, our bubble has been bursted. This texter says, I am applying for a job in Ottawa for TSN covering CFL football because this league guy is terrible. So, uh, and this is another texter just in. I have never heard a more quote-unquote Debbie Downer in my life. Please don't ever have him on the show again. Talk about killing the rush from free agency, <laughs> says uh, one of the texters. So, uh that's that. Brandon says, man, people are eating this conversation up, Mr. Brendan McGuire. Oh, oh boy, this is a Saskatchewan thing, having to defend or quarterback. So, uh, yes. I will, j- just to finish on that note, I will say he says that the Red Blacks and their fans hate Saskatchewan. You got to keep that in mind, yeah. That's all one way. Mm-hmm. We don't feel any hate back toward them, and they have no reason to hate Saskatchewan. They, they dislike a certain player. They maybe dislike the fact that he didn't get 
you know, handed his apple in a roadmap a little bit sooner. Yeah. But there's there's not, none of that coming back from us. That's just from like our perspective, like and across the league, everybody's just happy Ottawa's in the CFL, right? We're just happy you guys are in the league and you and you Nobody guys hates Ottawa. And you guys are on the soapbox hating other teams. Like we're just happy that you're in the league right now. I mean, you but know, you were out of the league a few years ago. You you took away our Grey Cup in seventy six, not the other yeah, way around. Come on. The hate should be going that way. But uh, hey, we respect it, Lee. Okay, a lot of texters come or texts coming in. Keep it going though. Three zero six nine three six six two six two. I believe we're gonna hear from our friend Blaine Wyland coming up though, and maybe get to some more of these texts. Yep. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio six twenty CKRM. It's 5.33 with your sports ticker, and it's brought to you by Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Alouette's quarterback Cody Fajardo has a new receiver to throw to as Montreal has signed wide receiver Greg Ellingson on Wednesday. That news kind of floated out there yesterday, but it was made official today. Uh, NHL news, the Los Angeles Kings have signed Mikey Anderson to an eight-year, $4.125 million extension. And NFL news, Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who was suspended one season after being accused of betting on games back in November 2021 while he was playing with the Falcons, is in fact applying for the NFL or applying to the NFL today for reinstatement per source. Today is the first day Ridley can apply, and well, he's wasting no time checking the mail. Chat is for the Canadian Brew House. Get free eats, deals, and prizes when you download the free Canadian Brew House app from the Google Play or App Store. The voice of the Pats, Dante DeCaria, with a recap of this past weekend's games. That was a huge win on Saturday night. I mean, I mean to beat a Moose Jaw team 8-4, like a really good Moose Jaw team, I think bodes well for this team's confidence, especially heading into six games in nine days. Like, this is going to be a really tough schedule coming up, and all of these games are playoff-style hockey games, must-win games for the Pats. They are tied for sixth in the Eastern Conference standings heading into this weekend with Calgary with 53 points. But again, this team needs to pick up wins against teams like Prince Albert on Friday night, like Lethbridge on Monday, Medicine Hat on Wednesday, Brandon next weekend with a home-and-home set. Those are crucial games because these are all teams that are not only in the same conference, in the same division, but teams that they're battling with neck-and-neck in the standings. So crucial games coming up, but I think that 8-4 win on Saturday night against the Moose Jaw Warriors was huge. Yes, they had maybe a little bit of a slow start in the first period, but they they really turned it on in the second and were fantastic in the third period. And this coming Saturday, the Pats will host the Winnipeg Ice for their cancer awareness night. And the Pats are set to wear some nice themed jerseys designed by 22 Fresh for this game. And all 25 player jerseys are now live for auction on 32auctions.com slash Pats Cancer Awareness. The net proceeds from this auction will go towards the Cancer Foundation of Saskatchewan. The starting bid for each jersey will be $200. And unlike the Pats' previous jersey auction, no jerseys will have a buy now option. Check it out online. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. On Thursday's program, we'll hear from our very own Glenn Suter, but we'll hear from him again in moments. 
It's like it's Suter Week, hey? It's like he's on every day, almost. Maybe yeah, Friday. We, we love some Maybe, Glenn Suter. We, we love me some Glenn Suter, and uh, and we give uh, him Friday off. Um, Lever Sage from TSN 1200 blowing up our Capital GMC Buick Cadillac text line, and we'll check for more texts here in a moment. Of course, you can text at 306-936-6262 or call toll-free 1-866-767-0620 or chime in through Twitter at SportsCage. So, lots happening around Ryderville today. General Manager Jeremy O'Day met with the media and our first look at the new quarterback, Trevor Harris, who walked out. They got a great photo of him looking at the field with the snow coming down and the welcome Trevor Harris thing up on the Jumbotron. With a recap of it all, here is 620 CKRM sports reporter Blaine Wyland. The fallout from the free agency in the CFL has begun. Today, there was an upbeat optimistic feel around Rough Rider headquarters. General Manager Jeremy O'Day spoke to media this morning. He was pleased that the Green and White were able to land the veteran quarterback they were looking for in Trevor Harris. O'Day said the Riders were lucky to have a quarterback like Harris available in free agency. As the offseason goes, um, we usually, um, you know, you see those players coming off the board. So um, really just had to be patient uh, at that position. And and, uh, and we were hoping to get into the window to get an opportunity to talk to him. And, and fortunate enough, we were. He adds there are important qualities Harris brings to the team. Uh, he's always been uh, a quarterback that's been uh, very efficient, very accurate, um, and uh, has a lot of great leadership qualities. And O'Day also noted the quarterback's hardworking nature is another strong trait. We're also looking for a good good person, uh, someone that's high in character, that's someone that's had success in our league, someone that's uh, uh, has the ability to, to win football games for you. And, um, obviously, he's he's done all that in our league and being a, been a very successful quarterback. Later on Wednesday afternoon, the Riders officially introduced Harris. The quarterback said playing in Saskatchewan was something that was always on the back of his mind. Situation and uh, just to be you know fully transparent, I uh, told my wife 2015 uh, when I was playing for Toronto, I said uh, I'd love to be a quarterback for the Riders someday, and so this is a, a dream come true and something that. Uh, I've always wanted, you know, and you long for it. With all the disappointment that occurred with the Riders in 2022, there will be an urgency to turn things around in a hurry, which is okay with Harris. Uh, when you come to the league, you invite the the high expectations, the pressure, and, and those sorts of things. So I uh, couldn't be more elated to be here, and uh, I'll never take for granted being able to be the quarterback of this, uh, this franchise. And- Jake Winicky was the second former member of the Alouettes to sign with the Riders on Tuesday. Harris said the receiver is excited about joining him in Saskatchewan. And, uh, you know, Jake has been uh, a guy, he, he talked about this uh, early on in the process, too. He's like, I, could just, I would just love to go to Sask. And uh, in the free agency process, I was like, oh, that's great, man. You know, obviously, well, what's best for you? And uh, so when the opportunity presented itself for him and I to be teammates, uh, it was one of the first calls I made. And said, let's go do this, man. And because I feel like Jake is a, is a wide receiver one in this league. And uh, last year was asked in our offense to do things that, um, you know, weren't route running. And, uh, you know, for him to be in a situation where he can go out there and run routes. And he's one of the best route runners I've been around. Uh, one of the smartest receivers I've ever been around. And uh, to watch him be able to work uh, in man coverage, be able to find spots and zones, uh, reminds me a lot of Brad Sinopoli and uh, somebody that I was familiar with really quickly. And I really look forward to watching Jake this year. He really expand, uh, you know, his game and things that he can do and show his strengths. 
It wasn't a trade on Tuesday, but Harris will be swapping places with Cody Fajardo in 2023 as the former Rough Rider quarterback signed a two-year deal with the Alouettes. Harris had nothing but kind words for Fajardo. I have a high amount of respect for Cody. Um, he's a great, great human being. He's uh, Really, uh, you know, caught the blue on fire, you know, in 2019, and um, it's been awesome watching his career blossom. And uh, couldn't be happier for him that he gets to uh, go to Montreal. It's a great organization with people uh, from Danny Machocha down. Those guys are amazing, and uh, even Mario, uh, the uh, president there, just tremendous, tremendous people, and uh, they'll take good care of Cody. And uh, I think he's going to do great things there as well. And, Back to earlier in the day with Jeremy O'Day. The Riders added a pair of Canadian linemen yesterday in Peter Godber and Philip Blake. O'Day says the additions to their old line gives them some options. You know, and Peter Godber, a, a starting starting center in our league and um, someone that we feel like the ceiling's high for and uh, was super excited uh, for us to call and, and to, uh, to offer him a contract. And then and Philip Blake, who's a very versatile uh, offensive lineman, um, can play really all five positions on the offensive line. So we really think he's going to provide uh, some, some veteran leadership to the group that, uh, you know, with a, with a younger group of offensive linemen that we'll need. Yesterday's moves raised the question about the future of Dan Clark with Saskatchewan. O'Day says there's been dialogue between the Riders and Clark this offseason. Um, just to let them know where we're at uh, coming out of free agency, but we were very open with them um, throughout the process that we were going to pursue other players. At this point, O'Day says it's highly unlikely Clark will sign a contract with the team before training camp. Another addition O'Day is excited about is receiver Sean Bean Jr., as he may be the deep threat that the Riders have been looking for. We think that uh, with uh, given the opportunity, we think that he'll be a very good player. He's an explosive player. Um, probably can do uh, a lot of different things with him. Um, he plays multiple positions, and so we're excited to have him. Um, feel like he's ready to step up. A familiar face is back in Ryderville with the signing of Micah Johnson, who's back for his third stint with the Green and White. Uday said it was a pleasant surprise to see the two-time Great Cup champion available. Um, this one was uh, kind of a late development, uh, to be honest. In free agency, we we didn't uh, we didn't think we would. Um, uh, have an opportunity to get Mike. We thought that his, his salary wouldn't wouldn't be in the range for us, and um, I think um, just the way the the market shifted and how it changed, we we kept the conversations alive with his agent, and then eventually we realized that we could make a, a fair offer for him. For the most part, the Rough Riders are done adding starters and free agency, and now the months of speculation begins on what the Rough Riders depth charts will look like, and now there are some more names to fill in some of those blanks. Reporting on the Riders, I'm Blaine Wyland. All right, so a very elegant recap on the happenings today in Ryderville. Some of the highlights, Trevor Harris, happy to be here. Dan Clark, unlikely to return to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, just like linebacker Darnell Sankey. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side, as well as the Where Are They Now segment with Glenn Suter and Tyrone Brackenridge. You are listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? 
Wednesday. Where are they now for Floor Coverings International? Need new floors? Let Floor Coverings International bring their mobile showroom to you. You can visit their website for your free consultation. Here's TSN's Glenn Suter with former Saskatchewan Rough Rider safety and Grey Cup champion Tyrone Brackenridge. Well, another segment of where are they now? And, and Tyrone Brackenridge is going to join us here because I we talked to running backs, Mr. Brackenridge. We've talked to receivers. Time to get the DBs together. Time to yeah. get some safeties together. So this is called where are we now? Where are they now? And I wanted to ask you, like, first of all, where are you? You're in a beautiful weather, I can see. Um, and where are you living, and, and what are you up to up to these days? Well, right now, I'm currently in Palm Springs vacationing with the family. Um, it was a great weekend, birthday weekend, 4th of July weekend, and also celebrating Canada's Day from afar. So I, had, I got it all in one in one weekend. It was pretty awesome, great weather here in Palm Springs. But I'm actually about 40, I live about 45 minutes down the road in Moreno Valley, California. So that's where I'm at now these days. Yeah. So, so what are you doing? What are you working at? What do you, uh, what, what fills your days? Um, I got actually after coaching, I just got back into the financial service industry. So that's what I'm currently doing, doing financial planning. Oh, good. Uh, how did you like, how did you like coaching coach for the Argos after you retired from playing? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I love coaching. I love being around the game. It was just very difficult for me, just that time away from the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Finish. Yeah. No, I was just saying it, it, that that's what made it tough. So now that I'm back home, I have all my time with her. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, that I, I completely understand that. that time at home, most important. Um, let, let me take you back to your playing days, that 2013 season. Um, uh, a team on a mission. Fair to fair to talk about that team kind of that way, especially the way Darian Durant was playing. Yeah, we we, we was definitely on a mission. Had everything to prove. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, what was your favorite? Was there games in there? I mean, obviously the championship, you guys dominated, but um, were there games in there? Were turning points? Tell, take me back through that season. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because uh, I still talk to Tristan Jackson, Terrell Mays, Rob Williams, um, Weldon Brown. We actually have a chat group together, and, and we talk about, you know, we brought up the question, what was your favorite moments in some of the games? And uh, I, I had a, a, a few great moments, and one of them didn't have to do with me. It was uh, two of them, actually, two of them. And it just so happened to be both BC games. And I remember we went on this, uh, like, four-game losing streak. Sheets was out. He messed up his knee. And uh, Sheets come back with the big old knee brace. And I'm telling you, he 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 was running out this world. You didn't think he had that knee brace on. He just had this little gimp. But he was carrying that knee brace. He carried the team and carried us off to a victory. And, I mean, you know, as you guys know, watching CFL football in the past, it was pretty hard to play in B- and win in B.C., right? And uh, we got that W right then and there. And then uh, the Western Finals, when Darian put that game on his back, man, uh, that, that was unbelievable. It was unbelievable to just see him just just come into his own, uh, you know, that veteran role, just him just like, you know what? Everybody jump in this backpack. I'm going to strap y'all on and let's go. And that's exactly what he did. And those are, those are some great moments that I'll never forget throughout the season because that those two moments defined our uh, our championship season. Yeah, I I mean, 
that playoff run by Darian to me was probably the best three game series in the playoffs and championship that I've ever seen in the history of the league. I mean, just his, his numbers through the roof off the charts. Great. Um, when you, when you think about the Canadian football league now, you, you mentioned that you celebrate Canada day. And I think this is one of the great things about our game is that half of the rosters are made up of American players and, you guys come up and fall in love with our country too. And and we adopt you as our own. So tell me about that experience and just coming up to Canada. Oh man. I, I, when I tell people when I went up there, it was just, you guys, the Canadian um, family just embraced me. And it, it was just, it was always love, you know, especially going into Saskatchewan. I mean, I remember when I first pulled in and I'm like, okay, where am I at? What is this place? But when you get out there and you just start meeting meeting people and and then when you're in that the the rider nation, when you're a part of that culture, it's it's unbelievable. It's literally unbelievable. Like game time came around and uh and I came up in like the end of twenty eleven. They wasn't doing very well, but them stands were packed, right? The love that we got. Um, the love we received and it, it was just an amazing feeling. It felt like I was back in like a college football environment. Like, okay, I'm in a place they actually care about their game. They care about the people who are in. Um, when I got there, just the love that was um, given, I felt like a lot of things that I started to do there, I had to give it back just to show my appreciation. Um, Cause it, it was beautiful. And then being able to go to different, uh, the provinces and the different cities and meeting the different people and everything around, it's it's all love, and it's 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 nothing better than being in a position of being in a country where it's a lot of love, you know. Especially with a lot of stuff that goes on going on goes on here in the U.S. So, man, I'm very thankful to be a part of, you know, Canada, um, having the opportunity to be out there and still receiving and being able to give love back. Love that you uh, celebrate Canada Day down south, uh, back at home. That's that's outstanding, and you're always welcome back. You know that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what? It, let me just ask you quickly about the game itself, because you played obviously top level college ball down south. You had some NFL uh, opportunities as well. Um, what did you fall in love with, or what did you really like about the Canadian football version of football? It was it, honestly. It's like so much of the same game, but yet so different. And it was just fun. Like, it was fun. And, like, with me, I'm, like, so intrigued about, like, learning something new. Like, I'm golfing now a lot. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's just that challenge. You know, being a defensive back coming from the American game to the Canadian game, and it's like you got guys running everywhere, you know, 17 guys is in motion, but you only have 12 on the field. <laughs> it's like, he, that's all you see is just do-do-do. And, like, just the adjustment of that and just the extra guy, the field is wider, the goal post in the front, the 20-yard end zone. You know, it's crazy. I was watching the game. Um, who did, what was I watching? I think it was Edmonton. Edmonton-Hamilton uh, game. And dude ran a double move on the two-yard line. And threw it <laughs> deep into the corner. I, uh, <laughs> Matter of fact, it was Ottawa's game because yeah. <laughs> Masoli to um, Adams, okay. you know, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot how big this end zone is, right? You can run a double move on a two-point play, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
for it's a 40 yard throw, two yard completion, you know, so, <laughs> things, things like that, you know, um, it's, it's just a fun and amazing game to watch. It was, I, when people ask me, you know, did you have more fun playing in the NFL or the CFL? I tell them the CFL, man, I really got to, you know, flourish and, and play and enjoy the game. And it was, it was, it was, it was awesome experience. Well, Tyron Brackenridge, two-time All-Star, Grey Cup champion. Thanks for being part of this segment. Great to catch up with you. And, and as, as I mentioned before, you're always welcome back into Canada anytime you want. And I'm super happy you still um, celebrate Canada Day. I greatly appreciate that, Brother Glenn. <laughs> I, I, um, I always have my, my family. They always say, yeah, that guy, he always acknowledged you as the all-star free safety Tyron Brackenridge. So I was like, yeah, that's my man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you earned it. You earned it. Great player and, uh, and even better person. So thank you, sir, and uh, all the best to you and your family. I greatly appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me on, Sean, reaching out. Thank you, Glenn. You guys have a great one. Glenn Suter in conversation with Tyrone Brackenridge on Where Are They Now? That's very heartwarming that he celebrates Canada Day south of the Mason-Dixie. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't get caught up in the whole, hey, you owe us for coming into our country and us giving you an opportunity. I don't see it that way at all. I think they contribute. It's a two-way street. But I heard Anthony Calvillo once say when Mark Tressman made them stand along the sideline during the Canadian anthem and, you know, in order and be all proper. Yeah, their toes cannot be over the white line. Yeah, they right. all got to be. He, yep. said, he said it made him think differently. It made him think about where his life would be if it wasn't for Canada. Mm-hmm. He said, I think he said, I'd be working construction somewhere, which is fine. But um, Anthony Calvillo's made a pretty good living and created a pretty good identity coming north of the border. And I think a lot of these players have been able to do that, too, uh, have a great experience. A little bit earlier, we heard from Lever Sage from Ottawa, who doesn't think that Trevor Harris maybe has the ceiling that we're all sold on. I thought 85% of what he said I can get on board with. And any again, he didn't say that Trevor Harris will never win a Grey Cup or isn't a good quarterback. He didn't say any of that. He just said he still has to show me he can do it in the red zone, and that's that's fair. Um, you could say you can like basically say that for every quarterback, for every quarterback in the, in the league, league pretty much who hasn't won a Grey Cup <laughs> yeah. right as a starter. Yeah, and and um, the one thing he said maybe I would take issue with is that he fell out of favor in Ottawa or in Montreal. Montreal yeah, it's kind of like the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, from the outside looking in, it's kind of look, looking like Trevor Harris left Montreal because he doesn't uh, know what their ownership group looks like, and he doesn't he didn't think their free agency was going to be looking good. This and that. I don't know. I think it's the other way around. If anything, I think he's dumping them. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I you heard me ask Trevor Harris right at the very beginning. Does this feel like you, we know the story about Bill Belichick was going to coach the New York Jets? Bill Parcells announced Bill Belichick's going to take over. And uh, he looked around and said, you know, I don't know who the new owner's going to be. So I'm just going to leave this in the dust. I'm going to go somewhere with a little more certainty. Worked out for him with the New England Patriots. And uh, I don't know. I just thought there was a parallel there. Maybe it's just me uh, beside what Trevor Harris is doing. If it works out that well for Saskatchewan, 
they'll be pretty happy. Hey, the best part or my favorite part about uh, it was a great discussion you had with Trevor Harris earlier. If you missed it, you can find it on demand wherever you find your podcasts. But the one part that uh, I kind of grinned at was when uh, Trevor Harris's wife said to Trevor yesterday at the airport, uh, his wife was like to Trevor, hey, more people recognized you within five minutes here in Regina compared to the whole time that uh, you were in Mon- or that we were in Montreal. That just goes to show you that, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's overwhelming, but you got to believe that uh, in his position, that would be kind of enjoyable, wouldn't it? Walking around town, people knowing who you are for the first time. Except, in- except when you're not winning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as of like right now, though, first time in a long... Honeymoon, we call it. Yeah. yeah. First time in a long time that he's recognized. Maybe he would be, not even actually in Edmonton, like... I don't know that he would. No, yeah, it's no. The, probably the first time in his career, really. Maybe in Ottawa. You know, this have- is this is the one market. Maybe Winnipeg right now, just because they're winning. This is very similar to an NFL market. Hmm. You get the same kind of media throngs at practice that you do in most NFL markets. And so if you want that kind of hype, and if you grew up wanting to play in the NFL and everything that comes with it, this is about as close to that experience as you're going to get anywhere. So that'll do it for tonight's episode. I want to thank everybody, Don Hewitt, Justin McInnes, Trevor Harris, Jeff Fairholm, and also Lee Versage and Blaine Wyland. That's a wrap. Zinger at Night is next. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620.